0: Hmm? Ah.
1: Huh.
2: Hey everybody, I'm Rima. and I'm Hank, and this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, Stranger Things.
3: Today we are covering the season four, season finale, episode nine, titled chapter nine, the piggyback man (laughs) which is funny because i remember last week we were like what is that even going to mean and then we got Mm -hmm. an answer to it but it's like literally in like a little throwaway line which was hilarious and we'll talk about it i'm sure
2: but (laughs) it was it was really great it was clever a clever title i think and it didn't give any context which i love you know i think it's it's fun you know when we get a little something like that but this wow we we made it we did we made it, peak we were finally caught up we're only about a you know a couple of weeks behind <laughs> maybe the rest of the world so you know um not as bad as what we usually are but we finally made it and wow what a whopper of a finale
3: yeah uh man it was a lot i know we talked about it last week we're like man this is i'm gonna have to change the way that i do this and i did i broke it into like two sections like two sessions i did like volume like one hour like I did an hour last <laughs> night and then went to bed and then got up and then like did the rest of it today so it was uh <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah uh man it's it was a lot in a lot of different ways I'm sure we will talk about all of that uh yeah but man yeah I remember just the first time like there's a part of me that was like I don't like I got like halfway through the episode I'm like I don't even know if I don't want to talk about it just <laughs> I don't want to talk about it um mm mm-hmm. But yeah, and then just dreading some, like, going back and watching it the second time. Because I have learned, as we've talked about the show, that the emotional scenes hit me harder the second time when I know it's coming somehow. I don't know why, but they do.
2: <laughs> you know, I I agree. I think we talked about this uh, one of the other episodes, uh, you know, that had some really uh, emotional impacting scenes that, you know, you know it's coming why does it hit you harder the second time around? Same with me. Uh, I I was definitely extremely, I was emotional. And then I know just kind of like in just like stunned, like, like what, what? Uh, So I was in a little bit of a stupor the first time around uh, and emotional, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about that second time around where just the floodgates open man and um, a lot of ugly crying going on. Uh What did you think? Like just in general, uh, I'm curious about your thoughts because this was a super sized finale. This was like two and a half hours, yeah. and we knew it was coming. I mean, they they gave us the run times right before the season premiered, so we knew that it, that was going to happen. But do you think? Were, like, were you happy with that? Do you feel that that was appropriate? Um, what did you think? I'm totally okay with it.
3: I think. It yeah. mean On that first watch, definitely, it still went by. Pretty quick it seemed like because I'm very into everything. It's not like they just fill with a bunch of nonsense. Like everything matters, Mm-hmm. and it keeps you engaged and keeps you, you know, really paying attention. And so, I think it's fine. I'm. I don't think they're going to do it next season. I've watched. I think I mentioned yeah. it, like the, you know, uh, on the the YouTube like thing that on, on after the Stranger show. Things. Yeah, that yep. after show thing. The Duffer Brothers did a lot of like things, which they said some really cool stuff that. uh... I'm not going to say on here because it's sort of spoilery for season five. Not really. Because Hmm. they haven't filmed anything. But they talked about kind of the overarching story and some of the things they're going to touch on and what they're really going to explore in season five. And like kind of what the whole plot and backstory of it's going to be and some of where our characters are. And I think it's really cool. So if you're interested in that, definitely go check those out. But one thing they did say that I guess doesn't give away much of story is when she asked, like, so are you going to like go even longer? You know, double the length? With season five, and they're like, "No, um,
1: we're definitely not doing that again."
3: <laughs> like, it's like it's like we've 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 reached kind of a climax where it's time to finish the story, right? So, I mean, there's some things that we need to build out, but most for for the most part, we're hitting the ground running. Like, we've got the finale, like we've got the final story to tell, so we, we don't need to stretch it out. It's gonna come by pretty quick, honestly. So, this might be shorter episodes. So. It'll be oh, interesting, interesting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know uh i I'll, yeah I haven't had a chance to watch those yet, so I'm hoping to go back and I don't have anything um to reference but I And I don't know if I'll say this right. I was reading some because now that we're free and had seen (laughs) the finale and we're free to Google and look up some news and and do some reading and kind of see how all of this came about and kind of hear from the people that made it, the actors and and, uh, Duffer Brothers and such. But in in my reading, and I don't remember where I saw it because I feel like I've, I've scoured a gazillion articles from the time I watched it last week until today. Um. I, I heard them mention that if you stayed up to watch the finale whenever it was released, because you know, the last two episodes were released um, mm-hmm. uh, in ju- what, July 1 or whatever it was, beginning of July, when it dropped, if you stayed up to it, watch it, that episode two, uh, the uh, finale, God, I'll get it out eventually, it, this episode looked a little different than if you had watched it the next day real and i don't know what was different they didn't say what but they literally did not finish that final episode according to them until the very last minute like they said even that that it looks a little different if you had stayed up what was it hmm. 2 or 3 a.m. Yeah. to if you watched it that next following day something was different but they don't say what so I'm like, wow. They li- so I don't, and I think a lot of this because they were such super size, especially the finale was such a super size episode, and there was so much content that I don't think they would want to repeat that. Yeah, um, yeah I'm sure that quote's out there somewhere. I don't remember the article. Like I yeah. said, so I've looked at um, probably thirty different articles um, since since that. But I remember seeing that. Uh, I and I, I mean, I I know I was really excited when we got the word we were going to get some extended episodes. And I think my first watch, I was a little bit impatient. I don't think that it wasn't, I don't think there was anything that was filler necessarily, but I thought there was a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know my first watch, I was a little bit like, I don't know if, I wonder if they could have cut just a little bit of that down. Not necessarily like a whole hour or anything, but I don't know. But then I watched it the second time and I think I felt a little bit better about it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that second watch, you know, you get a little bit of a different perspective and and you see things a little bit differently. So my second watch, I thought it was more appropriate and I didn't mind it. But I'm, you know, I'm curious what other other folks think. I mean, it's a great show and I Mm -hmm. think they've done a great job with the pacing. So it's not really a complaint. It was just like, did it have to be two and a half hours? Did you have to take that whole time to tell what you wanted to tell or or show us what you wanted to show us? And I think maybe they did. And I think it was Mm -hmm. appropriate. I was just curious what, what your thoughts were now that we finally got to see it. Yeah. What is this whole two and a half hour freaking finale <laughs> <laughs> about? Um, well, I know we have a ton of notes and things that we want to talk about. We've been going a long time on just the regular runtime episodes. So uh, I think that we should probably go ahead and jump in. I'm really excited to, to talk about this one. Um, yeah. I think I started first last week. So, Paik, the floor is yours. What is your number five? Ooh. Okay. Let's hear uh, it.
3: (laughs) My number five, I want to do something kind of a little different. I'm going to touch on some really major points of the episode, like several of them, but loosely. uh, So we can go in and, and break down more of the surrounding things of these, these scenes and these moments in further points. But I was just like, what, what to get out of the way other than I was talking about the emotional scenes and just how they hit me harder the second time. And so I just have my number five titled, The Glass Case of Emotion, and it is all the scenes (laughs) that (laughs) that just decimated me and my soul. So I just wanted to talk about the scenes that really hit me the most emotionally, kind of at a surface level, and we can break into them. And so just just to give a little props to how well the, the, the cast and the Duffer Brothers and Sean Levy and everybody behind this can really connect you to these characters that... We have seen grow in not as many episodes as a lot of other shows get, and so spread out between seasons, and that yet still, when you're in the world of Stranger Things, you are, at least I can speak for myself, so connected and so attached that, that I'm just crying and bawling <laughs> like it's it hits me so hard. So I'm just gonna go run through a couple of those. Uh, okay. The first one, and kind of they're, they're in order as they happen. Um, first is will uh as he's kind of looking sadly longingly at mike and l having their moment which i was like Will, you you don't want to get involved with him uh he's a pineapple denier he's nothing but trouble incapable <laughs> of knowing love or anything that's good in the world so no uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> no but for uh that's the sc- the first scene that kind of broke me emotionally is he's noticing that and jonathan picking up on him and I was like, man, Jonathan is seriously just an incredible older brother in that moment. He sees oh, the pain yeah. that is in Will. And he, it's not that he he doesn't confront him on his feelings. He doesn't force anything. But he just makes it very abundantly clear that he loves him unconditionally and is always going to be there for him to talk to him and help him with anything no matter what. And it was just this like bonding moment, but also this him re- reassuring him that like, I know, you know, I know. We don't have to say about, we don't have to talk about, we don't have to say it, but if you want to talk, you know, you can, and I love you. And it was as little that was said, so much was said. And it was incredible to me. And I'm just like, yes. that's that's the first moment that really hit me. And then later on, then we kind of get to further on in the episode, kind of near the end. Uh, of course, then we have L fighting Vecna, Henry one um (laughs) and where she kind of you know everything looks like a lost cause max is floating and being taken apart and it's just not good and and l is strapped to this door just held and then it's when mike gives his speech to 11 and finally drops some l bombs on her uh you know (laughs) plenty of i love you And that whole speech of, you know, you're a superhero, you can fly, you can move mountains, I believe, but right now you just need to fight, you know, and then admitting, I'm just scared that I'll lose you because you'll realize that you don't need me and me telling you I love you and telling you these things just makes me feel like that moment is going to hurt more when it comes and he's like, but I can't live without you and I can't lose you so I need you to fight and all of that was just like, again, crying and so I want to give props to that uh and then the part that fucking ruined me let's just say uh,
1: (laughs) Mm, so many tears on both
3: watches (laughs) and it's because it's it's a two-parter it's left and right hooks just back to back uh as we get eddie's death oh boy with dustin being there with him the conversation they have the whole you know him telling him, you know, you need to take care of them, and Dustin telling no, 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 you're gonna be okay, and he's like, no, but I didn't run, did I? And then him dying in Dustin's arms and Dustin's reaction breaks me, and then they follow it up immediately with Max dying in Lucas's arms, and just that one-two punch back to back. I was like, I, I don't think I have enough water in my body to make the tears that I'm <laughs> doing right now. I swear no. to God,
2: pretty how sure is- I'm dehydrated now. Right? Yeah. It's
3: like how, how's and it's just watching. Max, I mean her arm snapping, the other limbs. I was I was saying like she was on the very edge where Vecna was taking her, but technically over it. I mean she did die. Yeah. And I was just a mess watching it. I was like, like Eddie was hard, but it was like I wasn't surprised, honestly. It it hit me just as much emo- emotionally, but I was like yeah, you know, they brought Eddie in this season, it's kind of the level character it's, it's Stranger Things 101. Of course they're going to take Eddie from us, but then Max was like ultimate shock in that moment, thinking, oh, that is it for her, and I just couldn't take that in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, The next one is just a small one, but just because they built up Lucas and Max so well this season is the two days later and all that, and then they show, you know, she's in the hospital room, and the first thing you see of the hospital room is Lucas has hung the picture of him and Max at the movies that she drew on the wall in the hospital room, and that little detail is what got me, (laughs) like... It was a little thing, and I'm like, and he's reading Stephen King to her, and I'm just, what a guy. Uh, And then lastly, because clearly all the tears in my body that I can produce, you know, aren't enough for you, you sick, demented bastards. Um, Dustin sees Eddie's uncle replacing the vandalized missing poster and decides to talk with him, let him know that Eddie was a friend then he died a hero gives him that he's necklace and i was like and i'm inconsolable at this whole conversation uh, <laughs> so many times to where like both times i've watched the episode it's like 30 40 minutes afterwards and i'm like i feel like my eyes are still puffy and red and dry and i'm like what is happening i'm just a mess so i just yeah, wanted to run over shirt those, was wet yeah i ideas. All- <laughs> <laughs> so those were just like the big points that just like I got to the point. Where like I'd start, like especially on the second watch, where like one of these scenes would happen, and I knew it was. going And I'd start the tears going again, and I was just like, finally, I was going, "Damn it! No, screw you! Don't! I'm like, I don't need to see this again. I've done this once already. Why?
2: I know we've been here. <sighs> we know uh, we've we, we've had our crying, but apparently we didn't get it all out of our system because Man. It's, it's it was time for round two. If you needed a good cry, you know, then uh, watch the finale. Because right. That'll do it. Extremely Mm -hmm. emotional. I like that. That's a really good summary of definitely some very emotional, impactful moments, you know, that affected some beloved characters. We've talked often how, you know, all the characters, the new characters that we got, you know, Eddie being, you know, a new character this season, you know, we just got to know him and the ones that we've known since season one, you know, uh, and everyone in between you know you don't want to see any of them go and when something happens to them i mean it it gets you right right in the gut man
1: mm-hmm.
2: you're right it's a really good summary i know we're going to talk about a lot of those scenes and things leading up to that and what got us there uh, as we as we move on but yep. Good way to start it out.
3: <laughs> Figured get the really just emotional stuff you know, out of the way while I'm fresh off the top, and then that way exactly I'm not diving way into them later and getting choked up on the
2: podcast. <laughs> just. I, I make <laughs> I make no promises. Right. I was joking the other night when we were playing trivia. It's like, yep, probably going to have another podcast with uh, Rima in tears. So apologies in advance if that happens. Uh, it. It's uh, hard to hold that back, and if it happens, maybe I'll edit that out. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to hear it again. Um, anyway, um, I like that good start. Um, well, my my number five uh, that I want to touch on. I- I'm going to have a lot of quick points. I'm going to I'm going to just put that out there. I'm I'm kind of interspersing. I have some really quick points or notes, and then there's going to be some lengthy things that I say. I'm kind of all over the place. It just kind of depends on how I'm feeling about each thing. But I wanted mm-hmm. to start out. Uh, was something I thought that was kind of interesting that we we got a lot of information. You know, the, the, the Duffer Brothers said that we were going to get a lot of answers in yeah. this episode and wow. Uh, there's a lot to talk about but one thing that I want to talk about uh, that we ha- keep kept hearing over and over during the season the hive mind. Yeah, And you and I have speculated often while we've been covering this whole season um, how, you know, like the Cali crew, uh, Hopper and Joyce in Alaska, How how are all of our folks going to get together? Because it just feels like that's what needs to happen. That just feels because that's kind of how it's ended up in the other seasons is mm-hmm. everyone gathers up in the end, right? Everybody's kind of off doing their thing. And sometimes people aren't talking to each other and communicating. But then everybody comes together and they start information sharing. And then they have a plan and they go to battle or they fight. This time, that doesn't quite happen that way. And we kept talking, like, how how are Mike and Will and all of them from California, Utah, and now that they've got Elle, how the hell are they going to get back to Indiana so fast? How are Hopper and Joyce getting back from Alaska so fast to get there so everybody can be there to help? Turns out they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of interesting. When they kept talking over and over again, they... they I mean, it could have been almost a drinking game as many times as they've mentioned hive mind in this season. And we kept getting that reminder about the hive mind in the Upside Down. And this time we got to see it on the other side because now on the – what are we calling it? The flip side? the Right? I don't know. Uh, But we're getting on this side. We didn't have to get everyone together in one place at the same time. Everyone was in their different places, but everyone played this key role – in these final moments, when it all came came down and, and there were these battles playing out and everyone, you know, there's phase one, phase two, and all of these things are happening. Everyone's playing a part uh, in that. And it turns out that they didn't have to actually be there at the same place. And I appreciated that. I thought that was a different approach than instead of having everyone physically together, they were all thinking the same thing. Hopper and Joyce were like, hey, look at these freaking particles right here. You know, we can do some damage here and help help the kids. You know, instead of focusing all of our energy trying to get home, which even if they'd managed to do, they still weren't going to make it in time. Yeah. We can do something here. You know, L realizing you know mentioned the uh, title of the show, the piggyback. When she realizes she can do that, uh, that they could build out that deprivation tank for her there, and she could fight through her mind um, by accessing Max and Vecna that way. I thought it was really great. And then, of course, we had had everyone in Hawkins who were already there, physically there, um, battling it out. But I thought it was kind of interesting and interesting mm-hmm. to kind of point out that we kept getting these reminders. And I feel like that's kind of why. I mean, not just as a reminder of how it works in the upside down and, hey, don't trip on a freaking vine because then, you know, we get found out that we're here or yeah. we're in big trouble. But this hive mind that worked on the on the outside that everyone was thinking collectively towards that same goal. Uh, to accomplish um, you know that goal and for that battle, so I thought that was pretty cool, and I just kind of mm-hmm. went went to point that out.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, what about your number four?
3: All right, uh, going back into one of the things I mentioned uh, in that other <laughs> one, but talking a little, a little more around it, all the, the, the good stuff, Emotions. the fun stuff that we had there. Um, Mr. Eddie Munson himself.
2: Oh dear God, are we, we going there right metal. now?
3: Let's do it. Oh, let's shit. talk Eddie. Um <laughs>
2: I mean he's obviously one of my right? nose too. <laughs> I just I i delay, <laughs> delay and deny is where uh, I'm at. He was further on my list, so let's yeah, let's do it. I'm kind
3: it. of in the opposite of I usually am. <laughs> Tonight I'm like, let's get the hard stuff out the way and just where <laughs> we can end on a fun note. Um <laughs> But yeah, I bet there's a lot of fun to talk about with Eddie too, you know. Um, yes. But yeah, it definitely hit harder the second time watching as we see cuz i mean in the little flashbacks when he's making his decision to stay we kind of get you know flashbacks to some of him running and the things that he said and even the line in this episode but when he you know steve tells them you know anything goes south you guys get out of here don't try to be heroes or anything and when he looks at him and Dustin he goes we are not heroes and yeah man just knowing that they go back to that as he decides but but i can be and it's time for me to stop running I think, as sad as it is that we lost Eddie here, it's one hell of a uh, of a character arc that we got for him. From the guy who is just not really selfish, but, but kind of, you know, when we first meet him, he's very larger-than-life, kind of wild character who mm-hmm. is just kind of there to protect himself. And, you know, he's got friends, but he's kind of got them at arm's length, and... Then in the situation he finds himself in, it's very much he has to rely on others. And so by the end, he is sacrificing himself to do whatever he can to, to help the others. People like Steve that he probably hated before, but now that he's gotten to know and, and he's willing to sacrifice himself for them. And I think that's as sad as it is an incredible art to an incredible character that he's kind of like Bob will be one of those like, yeah, it's a one season thing. We got him. He's in and out. But he will stay forever, like in the hearts of Stranger Things fans, as like one of the best characters. And man, like King of Metal! He's just ready to rock. I love, you know, him and, and Dustin have this. You know, they have to to have, make a distraction, and I love that he just knows. are you ready for the most metal concert of all time? Because uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that that scene, because that is the scene that people have been talking about forever since these two episodes dropped or even before when the trailer was out. Um,
2: and I didn't watch the trailer so I didn't.
3: I didn't either, but I know I, I saw know. people online talking about oh, I can't wait to see Eddie in the Upside Down. I'm like, what's gonna happen? I'm gonna have to wait. And then to see this. Yeah, I just that whole I mean, the Master of Puppets epic. scene. It is. It's freaking cool. Uh, he's just shredding some Metallica. Dustin's headbanging along with him, which was really fun.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, yeah, and he's just shredding and I love that like you know again in that kind of behind the scenes thing at uh, after show. Joe Quinn was playing along with all of that pretty much for the whole thing. They brought yes, in a different guitarist for the really close up solo part where he's really picking at like the top of the like the you know bottom of the neck but uh yeah. They brought in a Make different it authentic, guy to do that. you know. But but yeah, all the you know he cuz Joe Quinn played guitar when he was younger mm-hmm. a little bit and so he had a little bit of knowledge of what he was doing so he was able to to pull off most of the stuff on his own. Which was really yes, cool. Yes
2: he did. He practiced for hours I heard. <laughs> yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And yeah I saw that video too. It's amazing. I love that.
3: Yeah. And they just, it's, it is. It's the perfect distraction. Helps Nancy, Stephen Robin get inside the Creel house. And it's just that scene plays together as they're headed in while you know the bats are flying over and then you intersperse it with Max trying to escape from Vecna inside her own mind and she's running door to door and they're all boarded up. Like the music just plays really well. Jason and Andy showing up and the messing lyrics with Erica fit, and the it music.
1: Was, yeah. yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> it, just,
3: it was it's a fun little moment. And I it was like a throwaway thing again in that uh, after show I think one of, the, one of the duffers, I can't ever tell them apart. Um <laughs> yeah,
2: <they're> twins. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but one of them says that I think the idea was just like some smaller, lower-level writer. Like, they were like, you know, we've got to find a way for them to distract the Demobats. How are we going to do it? And it was like some lower-level writer that was like, what if Eddie was playing Metallica on top of the trailer? And they're like, that sounds badass. How do we make it happen? And they went and talked to Joe. And it was like, so it's really cool that it was like just a throwaway idea that somebody had that then they rewrote things in the script to make him a guitar player and did all these things so they could circle back to it and make it happen. And they ended up building not just a scene for for eddie but really making it important to the entirety of that scene of things that everybody was doing and fitting that song and that idea in with everything so cool
2: well and also just managing to give us at least in my opinion one of the most badass amazing scenes in all of stranger things
1: Mm -hmm.
2: i mean that's something that's going to go down you know uh in Stranger Things history. And I think it's going to be just known uh, for a lot of TV series as a supremely epic. And as Dustin and Eddie put it, most metal ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I read that too. I thought that was really interesting that, um, like you said, a, a like a lower level staff writer had that idea, you know, uh, to, to do this. And so they were like, okay, well, we have to kind of make it a little organic. We have to give Eddie, you know, we've got to. we can't just like throw him up there to start playing guitar we got to give a little history there and they were able to give us that in the first uh, episode with Chrissy you know mm-hmm. we see his guitar we, we hear him talk about his band his guitar pick you know necklace and so there's some there's some reference there um that helped kind of build that a little bit and make it realistic that you know and that he had a band and mm-hmm. you know so yeah really clever how they were able to 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 get that in there uh, organically and yeah. just appropriate it's so good. So cool.
3: Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it works. The demo bats, which I didn't know what to call them. I was like bat creatures, bat things. And it was actually, again, the Duffers that called them demo bats. And I was like, yeah, That's, of course, that's what we're right going to call it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: yeah. As they start coming through the vents in the trailer. Uh, and so they get in and Eddie's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a freaking hero. Uh, you know, the plan was if, they, if that happens, get out of the upside down you've done your part. You know, Eddie lets Dustin go through and then he stays behind cutting that sheet rope. says he's going to buy more time for the team at the house, which I get like, you know, I've seen people online who are like, you know, but it wasn't even necessary because Hopper and Murray or whatever, like took care of the bats anyway. And you know, the, the rest of the team was like tied up in the veins at the house. Like, you know, it was kind of for nothing. He didn't actually do anything. I was like, but it was the thought It is literally one of those. The thought that counts As he doesn't know. The progress that the other people have made
4: and right. for all he
3: knows that they run back through the the gate back to the normal world
2: then the bats the bats go are going to realize dustin yeah. and
3: eddie are gone and they're going to go back to the house and become further problem for nancy robin and steve so he is he's doing what he thinks is best at that time and makes a a sacrificial decision and man yeah uh it was incredible um <laughs> hmm so then Dustin realizes what's going on. That scene was just rough to see Dustin kind of pleading with him to to not do it. And then when he runs back, Dustin has to go back for him. Goes back into the upside down without a you know landing pad, which does not go as smoothly as Steve's did earlier in the episode. Uh his ankle is shot. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah.
3: But, but yeah, Eddie's, you know, fighting him, leading him away, and then whenever they knock him off of his bike, he goes to retreat, and then That's where he kind of goes backwards and is thinking about all the times he's ran, all the times he said he's not a hero, all the times he's put himself before others and decides it's time to step up and fight rather than run. And I was like, yeah, the show has done its job from a marketing position because just like I see you're wearing, I have decided I'm definitely buying (laughs) a Hellfire Club shirt of my own. (laughs) I I need to find one and buy one and I will rock it just in memory and respect of my boy Eddie in this moment. Yeah. I mean, he is so metal that he's even got the demo bats doing a circle pit. Uh... I
2: know, yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
3: Yeah, and so he goes out like the biggest badass, the greatest hero Stranger Things has ever known. Except at the end of the day, he's still blamed for everything. The Munson murders—it's—it's—it's it's, it's irritating. It almost—it's a fictional character in a fictional story, and my skin is like crawling as like the news report is talking about it. I was like. You, if only you knew, you you know, like, if mm-hmm. only it's man, because even like the quote unquote earthquake is being blamed on blamed on him, like unofficially, you know, the rituals, his satanic rituals opened a doorway to hell. And blah, it's like, if you people only knew who he was, and that's what makes that scene that I talked about earlier with Dustin and Eddie's uncle even more emotional is just uh, if they only knew him, who he really was, they would have loved him. That he was able, you know, he was willing to die for a town that hated him. Yeah. And, uh, man. That hit
2: home. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: But, yeah. Poor <sighs> one, one out for things. my boy, Eddie.
2: <laughs> yeah. Poor one out for Eddie. Uh, yeah. That that was tough. I know I I've mentioned a few times how it took a couple of episodes, you know, for Eddie to kind of grow on me a little bit. Um, despite really being able to feel like connected to him, you know, because I feel like I was kind of like Eddie, you know, I was that metalhead in school. I dressed like Eddie. I mean, if you can imagine like a female version of Eddie, that was me, <laughs> <laughs> the clothes he wore, you know, I had the ripped up jeans, the, uh, you know, uh, metal t-shirts, the denim jackets with the patches and, you know, had the hair and, and everything, um, uh, and and just, you know, being an outsider, that's what Eddie was. He was an outsider, and he had this group of outsiders that he all took in, Dustin and Mike. And we don't have a lot of backstory for the other guys, but, I mean, they're all outsiders. And he took them mm-hmm. under his wing, and they, they had this really cool D&D group. And they didn't care about everyone else, and they didn't care what people thought of them. And, you know, so I totally related to that. Uh this was tough. He he grew on me, and this was this was hard. The Duffers definitely do a really great job of, like you said in the beginning, of giving us these characters that you know we 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 just met and rips your damn heart out when something happens to them. And as I mentioned, Eddie's uh, one of my points as well. I'll try to get through this uh, without you know being a crybaby or anything, but you know my uh, point for him was titled "This one's for you, Chrissy." Mm. Um, Jesus, when he says that and dedicates that to her, you know, there I, I felt like there was so much there. He, I know, he was feeling so much guilt because of, you know, he was he felt he was too cowardly to help Chrissy, you know, when when Vecna took her, and you could really see how much it's affected him during all this time that he's been on the run, when he told Steve, when they were all getting ready to march off to uh, Vecna's house and him and Des were staying back and he goes, hey Steve, make him pay. And then he dedicates that performance to yeah. her. You know, And I think in some ways Chrissy was a catalyst for Eddie's journey. And I think she was a bit of this anchor for him that helped keep his courage steady during this time while he is facing off with the bats. He's putting on his performance um, and he, as he's fighting. I feel like He kept her in his mind, and that's what helped kept kept him steady during this whole time. And when he, you know, when he took up his guitar, and and distracted the bats, uh, that you know, it was her that he wanted to avenge. Um, and he he put on a brave performance, you know, for her, and he kept Chrissy's memory alive. I think by. Keeping her in mind, this is who he was doing it for, kind of in honor of her. And I really liked the exchanges between Chrissy and Eddie. And I, I feel like if things had been different, their little unlikely friendship maybe could have grown into something more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have this little little dream that in an alternate universe or maybe, you know, now that we know they've both passed, that they're together somewhere you know mm-hmm. i don't know it makes me feel a little bit better right. <laughs> um, whether or not you want to believe that or not but you know i i like that and seeing eddie meet his end i i really have mixed feelings about it and i know exactly what you're saying when when you know there's a lot of opinions about how his death was kind of unnecessary and i mean i'm a little bit of that opinion as well i i mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was a little bit unnecessary. Did he, did he really have have to die? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I wonder if it was maybe the the Duffers wrote themselves into a little bit of a corner of how do they bring him out of being a cult leader. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think I mentioned it before, like, oh, my God, how how are they going to help Eddie? You know, everyone thinks he's a murderer and everybody thinks he's guilty of these things. And and how does he get out of that? You know, that was a question I had, I don't know, got episodes ago. Um, And I wonder if if they just couldn't think of a way to bring him back. Because I don't remember if I read that they said they that they had not they knew he was going to die or not i know he said he joe quinn said he's like i didn't know he was going to die until like the end uh when they got that last script or whatever he didn't know mm-hmm. um he didn't know when he took the role that he that eddie was going to die so i don't know if that was their intention or not but i felt like uh i don't know i didn't think that he had to and i'm really bummed he didn't get to meet l he yeah. didn't get to play D with will because, yeah. uh, Jesus, if there was ever anybody that would finally play D&D with Will, it was Eddie. Right. And <laughs> the rest of the Hellfire <laughs> Club. I mean, this kid's been dying to play D&D for, for seasons now. Uh, and I'm really bummed that he didn't get to meet Will. He didn't get to meet Elle. Uh, it was upsetting. And when he sputters out, I think it's my year, Henderson. I think it's finally my year. Oh, my God. It's fine. We're fine. <laughs> it's all fine. Uh, So, I mean, it was definitely one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen uh, watching Eddie play Master of Puppets in the Upside Down with a swarm of demon bats rushing towards him. And as you said, in kind of like the swirl around uh, the trailer, I mean, it had to be one of the absolutely coolest things I think I've ever seen. And... I think he did really well. I feel like he, he pulled it off so well. I feel like even just in the first seconds, as soon as he grabbed that guitar, you could tell by the way he was holding his hands. And just as soon as he started playing, you knew exactly what song he was going to play. And that was absolutely badass. And just as a, uh, an end note here to everything, because I, I want to get through this and I don't want to dwell on it because I think he said a lot of great things, but I never want to see Dustin cry again. Ever.
3: Right, yeah. When 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 Dustin's heart is broken, mine is shattered. Um, I can't I can't look mm-hmm. at that kid being sad. It makes me feel awful.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I could probably go on and on about that, but you know, um, like like you said, poor poor went out for Eddie, and I really liked his his arc. And I don't know. Look, I, I feel like he's he's dead. I feel like I think the Duffers said he's dead. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of theories going around that Eddie comes back in season five. Yeah. That's not a spoiler. It's theories based on the show, based on the D&D game. There's a lot out there. I'm not going to cover every single theory that's out there because there's a lie and we don't have time for everything. You can definitely go look them up on your own. If they were to bring him back, though, in some way, if it ever happened, I'm not banking on it. I'm not hopeful that it would happen. But if if he he would deserve a redemption arc, I, I feel like, yeah. like you said, it is cruel to leave the world thinking that that's what he was. Mm-hmm. You know, that he was he was a murderer, a devil. The, the sign that his uncle replaced, that's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. That's disgusting. Uh, and honestly, to me, that legacy that he was left with in our world is more upsetting than his freaking death in my opinion so I just don't think they I'm not going to have a huge complaint about it I'm not going to rant and rave about it I still thought so many things were amazing but I just I don't think that was necessary I'm not happy with how they left his legacy and the fact that Dustin was the only one seemed to be upset and talking about Eddie's death you know we didn't hear anyone else talk about it or mention it or acknowledge it It was only Dustin and I thought that was sad too you know Uh, and maybe it was done off screen I don't know but that upset me too
3: I was was talking to a friend of mine uh, who's patiently been very patient with me (laughs) waiting for you (laughs) we see each other you know like once a week and it was just like all right, you've seen that episode now okay we can talk about that one (laughs) fine and so she was so happy when I finally got finished but um but yeah, she mentioned something. She goes, she goes. for the first time, I think I'm glad that they left something out, that they skipped two days. Even when We had the two days later. She goes, I'm, yeah. I'm actually really glad they did that because I know within that time that they just skipped over in those two days, there had to have been a scene or there would have been a moment where Dustin and Steve would have reunited and Steve would have seen Dustin after what happened to Eddie and they right. would have had a moment. And she was like, and I'm glad I didn't have to see that. Because could take been... another
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can't take another one <laughs> Another, another uh, emotional episode or scene, sorry right yeah. it's a good point mm-hmm. it's a good point, yeah, I'm hoping that there was some acknowledgement I mean cl- it, clearly they it, it mm-hmm. seems like they couldn't bring Eddie back with them when yeah. when they when they came back over to to our side, so of course, you know that's why his uncle's obviously looking for him he, he's he's missing mm-hmm. uh So I'm hoping that there was some acknowledgement there at least, you know, uh, and we just, we didn't see that. Maybe we didn't need to. Maybe it was, enough. I I mean, I feel like that was definitely still enough of an impact. It was just a little upsetting. Like, man, no one else seems to be acknowledging it's just Dustin, you know, the fact that Eddie's gone. And it was upsetting to me the way that this is how everyone remembers him and everyone's just blaming him when he was actually a big hero and played a part, as Dustin said, in saving the town that hated him. So, Mm -hmm. but... R.I.P. Eddie. I mean, what a freaking badass uh, a scene that he had with uh, the guitar and the trailer and the battling of the the demo bats. So love it. Uh, that was your that was your number four. Mm-hmm. Let's call that my number four as well um, because I said all the things that I wanted to say about Eddie. My point. So let's move on to your number three.
3: All right. Uh, this one, uh, another kind of big one. Um, Vecna versus Max and Eleven, <laughs> oh boy. who get by with a little help
2: from their friends. Uh,
3: just kind of—you're just more, going in for
2: all the heavy stuff, aren't you? You're yeah, just hitting them hard right Vecna out the gate.
3: Versus—we don't even have to say who. I mean, versus a lot of people at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But yeah, but it, it all starts. Of course, we know part of the plan: Max wanting to to bait Vecna into getting back into her mind, so that he's left vulnerable for attack from from the others on the in the Upside Down. <coughs> And it's not working even, uh, you know, 11 piggybacking is saying You know, it's he, he's not biting from her just being, hey, take me. Hey, take me, asshole. You know, it's not doing anything. So then Max sits down and gives one hell of a speech to Vecna about her feelings for Billy. Uh, and I'm sure there was a lot of truth in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a place of uh, emotional vulnerability that she had to get to. In order for him to really be able to 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 take on to that,
2: yeah, I now, of agree. course, I
3: think the last part about her you know her wanting him to take her away and that she wanted to disappear, all of that was smart manipulation that she threw on to the end hmm i agree but but a lot of the stuff with Billy, I think she really was pouring out her own true feelings of you know that she's been able to kind of come to grips with and and handle on her own now. But it's something that uh, it's, it's a juicy morsel for Vecna <laughs> that he's not going to be able to to stay away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and but damn, he, he you know he he takes it, but he knows how to work with it because in the most perfectly evil way, he immediately attacks her by making it seem like Lucas is disgusted by her confession and hates her, thinks that she should die. It's just awful. Luckily, he kind of overplays his hand and she figures out what's going on pretty quickly. Yeah. But for a moment, it was pretty hard on her. You know, She just poured her soul out here. And then here's Lucas going like, normal people don't fantasize about killing people, Max. What's wrong with you? You know, and it's.
2: It's yeah. You're like, yeah, oh, wait a minute. It, it kind of <laughs> took me a second there. Right. Yeah, that was rough.
3: And yeah, it was he was in. And again, you know, she figured out early enough. We got the master puppets thing we talked about where she's trying to get away uh, mm-hmm. but she is able to to find her happy place, that happy memory she was talking about, which again Lucas, you know she says Lucas was there involved, but even when she gets there, Lucas isn't there, but it is related to that because it is the snowball where they first kissed, danced, and so that was that's a beautiful connection moment, you're like ah i I see what she's going for in that moment, but she's there alone, just trying to hide out, but uh you know. She can't stay hidden for too long. He he finds her
2: mm-hmm.
3: and shows that he has the upper hand. And it starts in a small way. I the, the popping blood balloons.
2: Wow, wasn't that great?
3: <sighs> Such a cool idea. Uh, yeah, so creepy. Very it. Mm-hmm. Um, terrifying for Max because yeah, Vecna has infiltrated her safe place. It's a cool visual though, and actually it's funny because it was about it was right before this part. It was I said I kind of split it into two parts. I watched like. Part of it last night and they went to bed. So I stopped it when, they were, when, when Eleven had made her way in to Max's mind. So it was a little before this part. yeah. But I knew this part was coming. So it's funny enough, I stopped, I went to bed, and I actually had dreams about the balloon blood-popping scene. Oh, damn. Like, just subconsciously, my brain knew it was coming up next when I started it back up the next day. So it was like, you're you're (laughs) ready for this, aren't you? It's so funny. (laughs)
2: That's funny. It was a really cool way to see that transition from Max's happy memory at the dance to then kind of going into the twisted, like, upside-down vision once... uh, one came into her or Vecna came into her vision or, or penetrated her mind or memory is maybe a better accurate. Yeah. Her memory, but it was a great transition.
3: The music choice was incredible. Uh, Of course it's, you know, the every breath you take by the police, the Mm -hmm. lyrics, you know, I'll be watching you, Um, which, you know, double meaning of the song. Again, the first time it was played, at the Snowball. It was the same song that was playing at the Snowball in Season 2. Because the Mind Flayer is like hanging out over the school. So it was, you know, that, that mm-hmm. double meaning there. And it's the same thing. I mean, she's there hiding in the Snowball. That song is playing. But Vecna is looking for her. He's watching. But then also, Eleven is watching her. Watching over her. And is on her way there. So it's really this kind of triple meaning that was really cool. But then when Vecna is about to arrive, the way the music switches to Dream a Little Dream... Which, again, for those who remember, so the good. song that was playing when Henry first killed his mother and all that was going on. So it was very much a switch from Max's mind back to Vecna.
2: Yes. and So good. Man.
3: <laughs> and then, yeah, you think Max is pretty much done for at that point until, yeah, Eleven shows up to surprise old Henry. Old <laughs> Henry. Uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> and we get the Eleven versus one showdown that we've been waiting for. I, like, you know, if you touch her again... I will kill you again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh powerful yeah, yeah. moment.
3: And and then we see that, you know, eleven's not faring super well as much as she thought she would. I think uh one has definitely gotten stronger. Max rushes in with the board at one point. Ah, uh, thanks for trying, I guess. Uh but you know, gets the upper hand on on 11. It was like she went straight through the table, JR. Bargod, she's broken in half. Um But luckily, he's in full villain mode, and he's not even going to kill Eleven, so he can she can see him, watch him unveil his master plan upon the world. You know, he's got that very evil villain kind of thing where I just want you to watch. So, luckily, it gives her a chance to escape and fight back. But I I call it she was thrust into the red zone. Um, This is just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more Vecna's mind, but Mm
2: -hmm. his mind space. Yeah,
3: and she's trying to appeal to his human side, saying, you know, we were both used by Papa. You know, I know that he hurt you, he hurt me, but he's dead now, and we can choose to to not be the monster because he was the monster. But, yeah, Henry doesn't care about Papa. That's beneath him. Uh, you know, he didn't make me like this. You did. Which, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, Ugh. that was a punch.
3: Yeah, and we get... So you talked about the hive mind thing a little bit. So this goes into that is We see, yeah, after Henry was thrown into the Upside Down, that's what he used his powers on the Shadow, as the Russians were calling it, to turn it into the Mind Flayer. And he basically makes this mental link, telepathic connection with it, to where he is the Mind Flayer. The Mind Flayer is him, but it's a different entity that he can control. Which means that everything we've seen of the Mind Flayer in previous seasons wasn't just something doing Vecna's bidding. Like, I think I theorized a couple episodes ago but it was Vecna himself like when we saw Billy and Will possessed by the mind flayer in seasons two and three that was Vecna speaking through them which is crazy to think about
2: now (laughs) I'm doing like the little mind blown emoji here no one can see me but that's um (laughs) I said we got some huge they told us we were going to get some huge answers and we did and this was one of them too uh yeah huge huge a lot uh, of information
3: we get you know eleven lost her powers at the end of season three that it was Vecna taking them and adding to his own power which gave him the ability to open gates like she does. Like man, a lot of yeah reveals just kind of in there back and forth.
2: It was obviously this is one of my points as well, so I'm just gonna chime in and add uh, to to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I I was conf- conflicted when I mentioned about my first watch where I was a little concerned about the amount of time and did we really need to go this full time, this is kind of a little bit of what I was talking about was a little bit of the monologuing. Uh, it was very uh-huh. kind of stereotypical villain monologuing. Right. Um, however...
3: Let me tell you my entire plan. <laughs> Let me tell I'm going to face everything. the wall over this way <laughs> and explain what... Oh, she's gone. Damn it. Uh, no. <laughs> I know.
2: I, I was like, hmm... But you know what? It's ho- I, I feel okay. Let's let's step back and quit being so critical, Rima. Yeah. You know, uh, I appreciated it more the second time. I think that's why I was talking about that earlier. But I guess it's hard to fault Vecna too much because the information, his monologuing, is. Revealing all of this information that completely rewrites everything that we know about Stranger mm-hmm. Things and the Upside Down. And, oh, so, yeah, no big deal or anything. So, right? <laughs> like you said, and this, I feel like if I didn't say it, because, look, I don't remember what the hell I said yesterday, much less last week, or any other podcast that we've done on Season 4. I don't remember if I mentioned it. I know I thought it somewhere. Talking about the mind flayer and his spider shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that should have been a clue for us right. a long time ago, uh, because it, it it demonstrates it perfectly in this episode. Um, so that should have been a clue. And when Eleven cast one into the Upside Down, you know that's where he he sees this untapped potential. It it looks so different, right? The Upside Down that as we're seeing him as he's saying, "I I made myself an explorer. I was exploring." It looked so different than what we know as the Upside Down. Yeah, that that we know. So it's it's so interesting that he was able to mold the Upside Down from what we see here when we get this flashback of when he was uh, trans—I'm going to say transported there, whatever—compared uh, to what we see now, where it's like this version of Hawkins, right? It's just like an Upside Down version of, of Hawkins. And Dustin had the theory early on that you and I talked about about Vecna, like you said, being the Mind Flayer's five-star general wrong. I didn't believe that. I firmly believe that Vecna was the one in charge the entire time. Mm -hmm. And we were right as we were talking about that. He is the creator of the Upside Down as we know it. And then it was revealed the Mind Flayer shadow monster looked like a giant spider. Why? Because Henry is obsessed with them. Yeah. When Eleven closed that gate in season one, what'd Vecna do? He or, sorry, season two. I'm, my yes. seasons are running together. Sorry, season two, when she closed the gate. Vecna made this flesh monster thing, whatever it was with the Mind flare, but not to kill Eleven, but to steal her powers. Yeah, She didn't lose them after that battle. They were taken from her on purpose. Because remember, Brenner, what did he tell us? And Eleven, one consumes his victims, taking everything yeah. from them. And Henry needed those powers in order to make his own gates. This this whole time, it's always been Vecna. It was always going to come down to this. It was always going yeah. to be eleven and one. I feel like it's that's what they're they've been telling us. These two are mirror images of each other, and we keep seeing that often in the lab, in the flashbacks. We saw it again in this battle in Max's memory. They are mirror images of each other. Vecna gets his power from darkness and pain anger eleven finds her strength through light and love. It's a very classic good versus evil yeah story and i I love it I think it's great uh but I could got a little bit of a it was Agatha all along running in my yeah. head with with the <laughs> storyline here i thought it was I thought it was great, and I feel like. You and I were a little bit validated in some of our theories, mm-hmm. and you know, um, thinking, you know, how uh, what was kind of happening. But I'm, I'm interested. It, I don't think it's important, but I just find it really interesting seeing the upside down, then and then seeing it. Uh, we got Demogorgons, got the, this shadow particle thingy, but everything else is different. Like he, he, he did all of that. Like what, what powers has he gained? You know, mm-hmm. all this time, and that's what I think makes him. Uh, so powerful and uh, formidable foe, if you will, because think of all that he's been consuming, you know, during all of this time since he was banished there, and I think that's part of what has made him so powerful. But I just I found it fascinating, and I appreciated it way more a second time, you know, kind of seeing that everything that we thought we knew, nope, yeah. it's completely different, and I love and, it. And it
3: it makes sense that the monologuing as far as when you realize kind of that <laughs> he's behind everything that it's personal mm-hmm. between him and 11 that, I mean, it is because of her that all of this has happened because of what she did to him. And it's kind of this mix of, he has this grudge against her, but also if it wasn't for her, he wouldn't have all this power. So it's this very yeah. interesting, which again, you know, they showed that flashback of Billy being possessed by the mind flayer, which Vecna speaking through Billy in season yeah. three, talking to Eleven and saying, "But we've been building it all for you, you know." It's just like, man, <laughs> it, it,
2: I cannot wait to go back and rewatch Stranger Things <laughs> after having seen season four because I feel like it's going to mm-hmm. put everything in a whole new perspective. Everything that we're going to see, everything that we're going to hear, is going to be completely different. My daughter is doing a rewatch right now. She's finished she season or, or finished season four. Um, after it came out, uh, so she's like, oh, I really just want to go back and rewatch it now. So I caught a scene from season three the other night that she was watching. I stopped and watched for about ten or fifteen minutes of it with her, and I was just like, it was a scene with Billy from season three, and I was like, hmm mm hmm, mm-hmm, this 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 makes sense. And just a quick little something that since you're talking about that, like knowing that when the mind flare was possessing Will, when the flesh monster slash mind flare was possessing Billy. And I don't remember the exact episode. It's the episode where Eleven and Max confront Billy at Heather's house mm-hmm. uh, because they think, well, something terrible's happened to Heather. So they go to Heather's house to investigate what happened. Well, they find Billy there. They find Heather and her parents there. Mm-hmm. Billy's standing in the living room, like where the living room and the dining room are. And he's talking to them like, well, what's going on? And what's, you know, why are you here? And why are you so suspicious? And everything's fine. There's this, uh, a scene or a part of that scene where he's standing there um, facing them and he's got his arms crossed in front of him. And it looks exactly like um, one when he's in oh, the lab. Yeah. He stands, you know, oftentimes Dang. where he's standing there and his arms are crossed right in front. Or he's, he's holding his mm-hmm. hand. I'm trying to make a picture of it so you can see me. Um, and right behind him is a clock. Oh, wow. And his yeah. tone changes when he's talking to them, go back and watch the scene. Again, you'll, you'll find it if you, you know, um, oh, everyone yeah. for the listeners, uh, his tone changes. He sounds like Billy when he first starts talking to them. And then when 11 says something to them, his tone immediately deepens and changes. And he sounds like Henry. Yeah. That's and what my daughter was watching. And I was like, Oh, that is Henry right there. That's Henry.
3: <laughs> it's so cool. And, and it was done on purpose. Uh, the Duffer brothers are incredible. again, I, I referencing the the after show thing a lot but they did talk about that where
2: really cool they've got the
3: whole the story i mean season five the ending i mean they have it all plotted out they've been planning this vecna story for
2: it's amazing
3: pretty much so they they do know those connections so when they instructed dacre montgomery in Mm -hmm. those scenes they had kind of the the personality of, of Henry and Vegna that they wanted. And so they told him to do those things. So it is really interesting that then, so Jamie Bauer coming in now and kind of creating a character around what the Duffers had already instructed Dacre Montgomery to do and kind of some of the ideas they already had. It blows my mind. Jesus. I can't this. even. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah, sitting here um, like, wow. I freaking love yeah.
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, why I'm so excited for season five because, you know, I'm not gonna again watch those things if you want to. But they were like, you know, they talk about well, what about this and that? And they'd be like, oh yeah, no, we will answer that question in season five, and we'll get that answer, and you'll you'll get to see well. why this and why that. <laughs>
2: yes on. please i'm excited but let me it, let me temper that a little bit by saying that they haven't even written season five yet they're scheduled to start writing yep. and maybe this is what I, I i read this somewhere so maybe they talked about it in the after show I, I didn't get a chance to watch it they haven't even started writing but they're scheduled to start in august which is in a couple of weeks but i'm like holy shit y'all haven't even written it yet we'll see you in two years So <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> i'm like Gosh, damn it man
3: yeah. So, yeah. So they haven't written scripts and written out, but right.
2: I know they have it mapped out. They have, yeah. they, they but know, they, but they've had it's the whole go. story right. yeah,
3: mapped beginning to end for the most part. And all these twists with Vecna and the upside down and what it is and how this became and all that. Oh, they know, they know brilliant. all of the lore, which is so cool. I <laughs> freaking love it.
2: <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I can't wait to watch the after show and then go back and rewatch and pick up those mm-hmm. those things. If, I, if if my daughter hadn't been watching that episode and I just kind of... St- I mean, Stranger Things, I'm sitting there. I'm like, ah, oh, sit here and watch it for a couple minutes, you know? And it was that scene. And I was like, that's, that's, that's Henry. That is not... I know he's possessed. I know Billy's this, but that is Henry, the way he's standing got the clock behind him. Uh, his tone, it was perfect. There's probably more if I... if go back and rewatch or something probably yeah. pick up on more, but I thought that was fantastic. That is so freaking cool.
1: <laughs>
2: oh boy. I've lost where we were. Was that your number three? Yeah. Okay. Well, Vecna was also clearly going to be one of my points as well. <laughs> and I don't think I have, at least for the moment for that piece, I don't have anything else to say. Let's go ahead and move on to your number two. All
3: right. Um, number two <clears throat> shows a title with the episode. I just call it the piggyback. Um, which we talked a lot about <clears throat> the Vecna and Mac side of things, but, uh, but more what leads to that kind of what the piggyback is and how they got there. So it's kind of Cali boy's point uh, <laughs> mixed in with, with 11 doing her stuff. Um, so yeah, we, we pick up on this crew here. Jonathan's desperately trying to get L back to Hawkins. He's like on a payphone with airlines trying to book a last minute flight with this whole, you know, it's, you know, a family member is sick and he probably isn't going to make it through the night. And, what can we do? Just if we can get just one person over there, they can just get L over there. Even like, that's all they need to do.
2: Right. She's the key.
3: And, and he's just struggling with all that. But then 11 remembers that her remote traveling abilities also let her have access to other people's minds. We've seen her do it with her mother and with Billy yeah. in previous seasons. And so she kind of has this plan. was like, well, I can go into Max's mind while Vecna is also there. And then I can face Vecna myself right there within Max's mind. Which is, she literally does call him Vecna. At one point, they kind of go back and forth, Henry, one, Vecna, they, they just kind of throw him in. Yeah. But hearing Eleven say Vecna was kind of weird to me. I was like, it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, of course, Argyle has the answer. Uh, that they just need a tub with lots of salt. Which I love, you know. It's like we need a tub, and he goes, "Yeah, gotta be clean to enter the mine." No, 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 no. It's a sensory deprivation tank, but he's got a magical place because remember that billboard for the Surfer Boy expansion into Nevada mm-hmm. that has given him an idea. I'm surprised he remembered that.
2: Um, it, yeah, the boy's got enough brain cells left. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So they, they drive over there and they meet Nevada Argyle um, and pretty easily convince him to let them use their kitchen for a psychic salt tub battle for the price of one joint. Um,
2: Not just any <laughs> easy joint. enough.
3: Yeah. Purple Palm Tree Delight. It's yep. the best of the best. Uh, and then I just kind of love the scene as they're like getting everything prepared. It's like everyone's doing their part, even in the upside down. Eddie and Dustin are, are securing the trailer you know, and then over here, the buyers and Mike are getting all the sensory deprivation tank and all its components all ready and everything. Argyle's baking a pizza. You know, everybody's doing the important work that they've got to do. And, you know, Mike fashions some blackout goggles out of a pizza box and sunglasses, which I was like, I don't know if the cardboard's going to hold up too long getting wet. Uh But then they zoom back in even closer on Eleven's face while she's in there. And you see that they taped up pretty well on the parts that were underwater. So I was like, hey, maybe they did actually consider that. They did.
2: They held up. Um,
3: Smart. And Mike and Elle having their moment so close to I love you's, but not quite yet. I missed you. We'll have to suffice for now. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And then they're interrupted by Argyle delivering them slices of what seems to be the most awesome and delicious pizza imaginable. 11 thinks it is very great, so I knew I was right. <laughs> if 11 likes it, that's irrefutable proof, right? Um, of course. <laughs> here's my, my, my pizza box. So, box again, because I'm going to go for it. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, 11's like, you know, it is good. It's very good. He's like, good. No, it's like Mike's being every person I know.
2: Me, I'll put um, my hand up. Yeah, you know, ooh,
3: that's gross. Of course, I've never tried it. I'm just a food coward, and I won't accept my preconceived notions are insanely inaccurate. Um, <laughs> 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 like Argyle, try before you deny. I don't know. Are you gonna? Where, where do you fall on this? Because on the, I know how you fall on the, the opinion, but
2: uh-huh.
3: do I know a single person who says it doesn't go on pizza that has actually tried it? Have or are there people just? Refusing like food racists
2: <laughs> ouch because
3: uh. <laughs> that's what's wrong with America, pineapple for pizza twenty twenty two i'm Pake Allen, I approve this message no
2: <laughs> i will uh after after all of this, you know, I feel like I've heard it enough uh, um, from the season that have I tried pineapple and pizza with anything else um no i i just i'm I'm with Mike. Fruit doesn't belong on pizza. I'm a pizza enthusiast, and I just don't know that I can do it. I'm pretty picky. However, uh, I will try before I deny. So I will try it before I make my final judgment. I'm, I'm winning.
3: You have to let me know. You have to. I will to follow up because you'll be the
2: first person I. Because I'm, I'm
3: Camp Argyle. I'm like try before you deny. Because if I if I meet somebody who says no, I hate pineapple on pizza. Have you tried it? And then they go yes, and I didn't like it. Okay. People's palates are different. I can explain it, but like I, I don't think I've ever met somebody who says it doesn't go on pizza that has actually tried it. So,
2: <laughs> I, I, I'll have my daughter works uh, for a, a local pizza place. There you go. I will, Mark. I will have her make me an amazing uh, Argyle inspired tasty pie.
3: Do you like spicy?
2: I, I, I could do spicy. Does it need to be spicy? Okay. Is it better? Well,
1: it said
3: it's, the best way, best way to incorporate pineapple if you want, like, a. I'm a big foodie, so here we go. Here I we go. Let's hear I it. know is listening to this right now, being like, oh my God, you don't even know half of it. Um, <laughs> so if you want the best way to incorporate pineapple, and this goes for all our listeners too, if you're a denier before trier, fix yourself, okay? Get, <laughs> just, just give me a second, give me a try, okay? So what you want to do: sweet, salty, spicy. Best combination, right? Mm-hmm. So you got the pineapple, the sweetness, with bacon. Get the salty, savoriness of the bacon, and then some jalapeno slices for a little bit of spice. Pineapple, mm. bacon, jalapeno. Now that swear I swear could... by it, I swear okay. by it.
2: All right, <laughs> I'm gonna write that down, and I will order order that.
3: Do it. I want to hear back from you. I'm. I will. I'm yeah. curious. I want to see if all it takes is for people just open their minds for a little bit. Try, and then see if you still deny.
2: <laughs> I will do that. I'm writing it down right now.
3: And for our listeners, if you want to do like Domino's has a great way where you can do a two-topping pizza and then actually have four toppings on it because you can do it half and half. So just get half the pizza with pineapple on it and if you don't like it, give it to somebody who does like it or something. I don't or take those off. do the other half whatever you want to do, you know?
2: Yeah. We should be sponsored by some pizza place <laughs> for as much as what right. we've talked about it. Right.
3: <laughs> <sighs> Uh, see, as I said, there's tangents in my notes because you know this seems going to come up and you know I'm going to be like, pineapple time. I got to talk about it.
2: <laughs> Understood. Understood.
3: I am. I'm a prophet of the pineapple. <laughs> I'm here to spread the good word. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back
1: to that. episode. Uh,
3: <laughs> So, yes, through this process, Eleven is able to remote travel where she finds Max. And I couldn't help but think of poor Caleb McLaughlin walking around in the water in just his socks uh, while filming that. Mm. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, Eleven is in Max's mind, but not where Max is. She's, like, in a memory. Yeah. Where Max isn't, because she's seeing the younger Max, but she's able to find a way to Max through that DJ booth. Uh, which I love Argyle again, There, <laughs> a memory within a memory. I was like, it was at that. that moment that Christopher Argyle Nolan was struck with an idea.
2: Um, <laughs> right? I-, I had inception running through my head for sure.
3: Yeah. yeah. What we didn't know is yes. Argyle is a young Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. in California somehow, even though he's British. I think That's funny, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it works in my head. Um, so, yeah, so she goes through, and then the title of the episode, again, I love the, the, the conversation between Max and L, When Elle comes in and saves Max from, from Beckner that first time, she goes, are you real? Did I make you? He goes, I'm real. How? I piggybacked from a pizza dough freezer. And I was like, oh, that's a normal thing to say. Like, those words in that order totally make sense. Continue. Perfect <laughs> <makes> sense. <laughs> Which no, Max's answer was a lot more uh, accurate. She just goes, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that's... That seems like the correct response to that insane thing that Eleven just said. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then after that, you know, other mind abilities that Eleven has or circumstances. Apparently Eleven now has the power to bring people back from the dead. That's a thing. Um, I'm not mad about it. Uh
2: (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I was like, dang, she really leveled up. Whatever... When she was going through the whole Nina experience, you know, it's like she didn't just get her powers back. It was like super size, got her powers back. She she was able to revive Max or bring her back, not revive her, but like yeah. she brought her heartbeat back anyway. Revive her yeah. heart.
3: Yeah, I mean, she's not like perfectly fine and back to normal. Both Definitely her arms not. and legs are still snapped to beyond recognition. And I mean, she's still blind as far as we know. And, but I mean, yeah, above all of that, she's in a coma. Like she's not doing great, but she's not dead. So we'll we'll see what becomes of that. And then of course, then what kind of leads into questions for, for season five is what's the importance of Max being in a coma and how does that relate to Vecna and his plan and where her mental state is, what he's able to do. Uh, Is she still needed? Is she, you know, because she did die and his plan succeeded, but then she was brought back. So what does that do to his plan? What does that do? There's a lot of open-ended questions there. And then what it means that when Eleven is searching for Max in her mind afterwards, while she's there in the hospital room or while she was in the cabin, she can't find her. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't like that. I don't know what that means, but I don't like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So left with some really interesting questions based off of Eleven's mind piggybacking and, and remote traveling that she's able to do.
2: That was, uh, definitely interesting. Um, all of that and L and this new ability she seems to have be interesting to see what else maybe she can do. Yeah. In next season. Um, I like that. Uh, my next point, I wanted to kind of um, bring it back to, because we just are going to talk about it because we're still there in the final episode, uh, <laughs> Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did eventually make it back, right? There at the very last few minutes, we finally get the freaking reunions we've been waiting for, but damn if it wasn't yeah. a long and, time And like coming. literally the
3: last like... Ten minutes of the episode. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm like, okay, so we're just gonna stay in Russia, but I mean, it was still really cool. We got we got a lot of great moments, and I, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about some some of my favorite moments. I'm not gonna go too deep of a dive, um, because we we saw the Russians were definitely up to something. Uh, had all of the Demogorgons, uh, little Demodogs of all sizes, and the freaking particles something was going on you know they were up to something so i think i'm going to talk a little bit about kind of hopes that i have for season five or questions that we have going into season five and things that i'm looking for uh so that's part of it as well as kind of what what the hell were they doing and does it end there you know i'm not sure but you know in order to once they come i I talked earlier about the hive mind i'm kind of all over the place so sorry my my Thoughts are kind of all over the place when they decide to go back to the the prison to destroy the the particles to help the kids, and they get there and they go through this whole scheme of oh, well, guess what? the 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 particles they all escaped and they revived the demodogs. I mean, I thought they were I, I thought they were dead. Maybe it just revived them and possessed them. I'm not sure. Probably doesn't really matter, um, but. Everyone had a role to play there, just like everyone was having a role to play in the Upside Down uh, for their their plan. So when they all get there, and um, we we got an amazing scene when it come come down to it when they were trapping them all there in the uh, in like the fighting ring area there, uh, a Hopper and the sword. <laughs> was amazing. We've talked about some badass scenes, you know, Eddie definitely got his moment and a badass scene and a battle scene fighting the Demobats. Hopper got this one. I mean, I didn't know I needed to see uh David Harbour fighting a Demogorgon with a sword, but that was a freaking amazing.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh and then we got Murray with a freaking flamethrower. I mean, I didn't know I needed that either, but that was yeah. amazing
3: we knew murray was a good cook but i did not know monsters a la flambe were on his menu like that's really cool um
2: (laughs) it was really great and boy was he happy was he excited yeah (laughs) so i'm happy for murray that he got a moment so hopper got a moment murray got a moment and then i really loved that antonov and yuri had a moment Mm-hmm. that was something i that really stood out to me besides these other scenes was antonov was able to find this little morsel within yuri uh and really was able to kind of bring out his patriotism for his, his country and he really he really hit the heart of it you know he's like you know because uh yuri was there too right when when they brought the yeah. demogorgon out and it's Killing all of those men. I mean, you can't explain that, right? And then he's been there for the, all the conversations they've had talking about what the hell's or well, at least a high level version of what's going on. Um, they don't really understand what's going on. Poor Antonov is kind of like, what? What the, What are you talking? <laughs> what did you just say? Uh, so there's still some confusion there. But he he's able to, to get through to him by bringing out his patriotism for his country. And we find out Yuri was a bit of a hero himself. Yeah. You know, which I thought was really interesting. I was like, so he's, you know, uh, something has happened between then and who he is now. Uh, he's found a way to survive in his country. That's in a very interesting time, you know, and he's found a way to survive and make a living for his family. Uh, and he was able to appear uh, appeal, sorry, to his his better side. And I really loved that. I I, I really want to know what happened to Yuri. I want to really want to know what happened to Antonov. You know, because right. I, I feel like, and again, kind of goes into which I'll talk about into season five and what my questions and hopes are for the next season. Uh, but it's like Antonov can't go back to Russia. I mean, he's a he's considered a traitor, right? I mean, right. they're probably still looking for him. Not sure if they're if they know that Yuri's involved. Probably if Antonov was involved, that they might have put that together. But can they really be in? the states can they be a, we know the government or whomever the owens was involved with w- that managed to help get them back home uh i don't know if they could you know i don't yeah. know if we'll see them again maybe we won't but i don't know I'm, I'm just curious about that but i we we did get some interesting things from from russia uh and got some cool scenes uh and got our got our folks back anyway for a great reunion there at the end <laughs> So, but I did love that scene. I was like, "That's a little bit." I did not, wouldn't have expected that out of Yuri, right? So I like that scene. Uh, what's your number one?
3: Um, the same thing, honestly. A little oh, more, sweet. you know, just going into a lot of stuff, but yeah, just Russia. Uh, got a lot of notes. Um, so you covered a lot of good stuff, but like, you know, some of the other stuff that I had. Um, again, before Antonov really talks Yuri into. Helping out is Yuri purposely stalling with fixing the <laughs> Katinka. just a sneaky uh, bastard! Because <laughs> he like takes like a spark plug or something out and pockets it, and he's just bullshitting for hours. Because uh, apparently he thinks that they're gonna buy the fact that it making sounds like Star Wars blasters is somehow a good thing. <laughs> I don't know, um- <laughs> but uh, I love Joyce and Hopper's moment together in the church yeah i totally skipped over
2: that the whole joyce and (laughs) hopper
3: getting changed into some clean clothes you nice hulk hogan shirts there brother (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) what a throwback
3: (laughs) but yeah the the scars all over hopper oh gnarly uh that was terrible slices on his arm everything and of course joyce takes notice of it and and they have their moment i loved their conversation, you know, and Joyce is saying that she would do it all again, the same when Hopper is feeling bad that, you know, that he ever got her involved, that he's basically saying, I should have never even called you, never get you that message, because I put you in danger. And she's like, I would do it all the same, ever, even everything I know that I have. And she goes, besides, we have a date to get to, which I love that they keep bringing that up. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's been thinking about that date nonstop. Well, the food part of it. Uh, yeah. It was just funny it. to see. <laughs> To see Joyce go from flirty to like, oh, you just really are hungry. Uh, it was really funny. Uh, you know, Those breadsticks do sound good. Uh, but he knows how to flirt back with her while still being funny. Uh, you know, should I be dreaming about something else? Because, yeah, there's also wine and dessert. Uh, <laughs> but that ends with a much-waited-for kiss between the two of them.
1: Uh, Finally! Doesn't get a
3: chance to go much further than that because the phone call comes through. But... Uh, but it was it was good to finally see a more romantic thing between them. And hopefully they are, like, official, official in the fun, final season. And we can just have have all that. Have them be happy-ish, you know, with everything else going on. But <laughs> at least let them be happy in that moment. Because, um, yeah, the phone call comes through. Hopper's talking to Owen's associate agent lady person, whoever she is. I'm still not exactly sure... Yeah, you know, what what power what agency what 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 kind of pull do they have? Cuz I do I wondered what happened with Antonov and Yuri. You know, if Owens and his people have that kind of power, it's like, okay, do you find a way to bring them over and then get their families over to the state somehow too and you know kind of move everything or you know we're we're left not knowing what's going to happen with them. But,
2: I know, yeah.
3: But she does let them know that, you know, the stuff that's going on in Hawkins and that L is, is headed there or they're at least L is being, is related, you know, whatever going on with L is related to what's going on in Hawkins. Right. Uh, and that's when they come up with the idea that they can help. So we need to go back to the prison that we just broke out of, which Murray's not happy about, but Joyce is smart. Cause Joyce is the one that like figures that whole thing out. She's like, well, they're connected. We've seen how they can, so if, if everything is active over here, then clearly, you know, Stuff is going on over there, so we we don't have to go home. We don't have to make it home. We can just help from here. If we you know see if we can give them a chance. Joyce and, yeah. has
2: always been pretty good about putting <laughs> things together and piecing it together. Yes. Yeah,
3: <laughs> uh, and breaking back into the prison definitely was way easier than breaking out, considering pretty much everyone's dead now.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> dog <Demidog> food.
3: <laughs> yeah, and you, know, you talked about Antonovany staying back because all it really takes is for him to call him a coward says that he needs to help combat this evil that if not fought will come for them and their families eventually and that, yeah apparently Yuri was a great man and a great soldier at one point Uh, so they get over there they get to the lab see that the mind flare, shadow particles what have you everything has to have several names Uh (laughs) one
2: condensed name for everything
3: (laughs) but yeah they've escaped and revived and went into all of the demodogs that were in the tanks and brought those back to life the glass was shattered by soldiers shooting at the Demogorgon. Uh, so now they've got Demogorgon and all these Demodogs running around all over the prison. Uh, there's a little thing I noticed. The dude that Murray handcuffed to the control center to get him to open the gates and he refused so he knocked him out. The guy was still there
1: mm-hmm. on the
3: ground. Uh, his hand was still dangling from the handcuffs. Yeah.
1: So that was kind
3: of brutal. <laughs> I was like, dang. Oops. Um, yeah, so then we talked about yeah the plan of Hopper leading the Demogorgon and all the dogs back into the monster pit, locking them in, firing them up. Like he says, Murray, you're the grill master. Joyce, you're the jailer. I'm the bait. Uh, which Joyce is worried. I mean, he just got Hopper back. And now for him to be doing these risky things. But he, he picks up on that. And again, the date comes back up. And I love that conversation they have. She says, I'm going to die someday, but not today. I still got a date to make, remember? She goes, I don't know, Hop." So this time it's going to be different. And her response, it better be. I am not having another funeral. Which that line hit me in a way, like not so much emotionally, but I was like, oh, yeah. She's I was like, been Joyce through... has had way too many funerals, and most of them for people who aren't dead. Um, yeah. Will and
1: Will Hopper. and Hopper. Like...
2: <laughs> Bob, who <Yeah>. was dead. <laughs> was, but yeah. she's had three funerals. And yeah, like I said, two for people who that weren't really... Dead. I thought it was so cool to see Joyce coming to save uh, Hopper because he did need help in that mm-hmm. moment. He, it didn't look like he was going to get he might have. I don't know. Uh, and we won't know. Uh, but she came to intervene. And I love that because we're left with that image when she when Hopper's grabbing her and pulling her out of the lab uh, from season two when Bob was attacked by the mm-hmm. dogs and he was torn apart. Uh, and and killed and she was not going to let another man she loved, you know, Mm -hmm. be, be lost uh, to her again. And she went right in and I was like, go Joyce. She's so brave. I love Joyce. She's, she's fantastic. I, there's so many things I love her. And just one, one of them being, she's played by Winona Ryder, who I just absolutely love and have loved since (laughs) forever. So that was, that was a great, great scene.
3: Yeah. And so, yeah. And then the battle with, the Demogorgon. And so the demo Dogs weren't really that much of an issue because we talked, you know, Murray just had a field day with it, which was great. Um, but the Demogorgon, you know, rips the <sighs> hinges, the door right off the hinges. Yeah. I like, hey, They're trying to hide behind. I was like, well, that's not good. But yeah, the fire helps for a while, except, you know, and it, not just them, but I mean, it hurts Vecna. Yes. Uh, the bats that were attacking Eddie all dropped. Uh, the vines that are holding Nancy, Robin and Steve free them. So yeah, I mean, they were with that hive mind mentality. Their actions here in Russia did were a huge part of of being able to not defeat Vecna, but win, win this battle out of the war. The war's still on, but but the battle was won here. Uh,
2: it helped give them the edge. Like they knew they weren't yeah. going to stop it, and might not be able to have a huge impact, but it was enough to kind of weaken in a moment. You know? Yeah. So yeah.
3: Which yeah that, that Demogorgon is resilient. You know, gets oh, torched geez. and then gets back up. Takes a bunch of like gunshots to the chest and face, and is like, "I'm still gonna fight you. Still gonna mess you up." Uh, Things tough. So Hopper has to go medieval on its ass <laughs> with a sword, slices its arm off, and eventually its Kappa is detated. Uh, <laughs> it was wonderful. Then perfect timing. Antonov and Yuri arrive with Katinka to take them away.
2: It was also good. I mean, there was there was a little bit of payoff there for having to be in in Russia. You know, I was a little bit bummed that it kept going on and on. I didn't want to say I didn't care about it. It was just like, can we can we push it along? Can we move it along? But we definitely had some great moments that came out of it. And yeah. I did like all of those um, that we just talked about. So, but yeah, hope we figure out what the hell. And then Murray. We didn't see Murray.
3: We're... Yeah, I don't know where he's at at the end. Yeah,
2: I feel like Murray is, would be a great uh, person to have around in this final, going into season five battle a uh, good person to have around uh, to help figure things out or whatever and, and just to be there. But, yeah, I'm curious what happened to Antonov and and Yuri as well. That is awesome. I want to talk about, with my number one, I guess a little bit of hopes for season five or questions, kind of where where do we go from here? with everything that we've talked about and how everyone has ended up or where 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 we ended up there in the end. Uh one of the things I I would love to see fixed in season 5 and that's Mike. Uh he has become less interesting hmm. since season 1. Uh I you know he's he was the leader in season one, trying to find Will and what was going on in the upside down and kind of being that champion. And I feel like, you know, Mike just didn't have really a whole lot to do
1: yeah. in
2: the season. And I mean, I think there was a, you know, I thought it was kind of a nice moment, that speech to Elle. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I'm like, is this all that we have Mike here for? Right is to try to inspire l i don't i don't know if it was really needed or not uh you know because I feel season five i've got ideas and hopes and maybe a few theories i'm probably completely wrong i don't know anything and i didn't watch uh what what you did as far as the after shows whatever the duffer duffer brothers said i didn't read anything in any articles I tried not to read too much on season five. Mm-hmm. My thought is season five is gonna focus a lot on will. I hope, for sure. But I right. I feel like based on what I'm seeing and the trend, it's gonna it started with will and I think it's gonna end with I think eleven, everyone's a part. Everyone yeah. is is obviously a part, but I think it's gonna focus a lot on will. Thank God. Uh but Mike needs to become more part of the story again. And he needs a little bit of an arc that doesn't just rely on his connection to 11. And he needs Mm -hmm. to kind of reclaim that leadership role that he had in season one. So I really hope that they put some time into that. Uh, because Vecna's coming back. Yeah. And he, he, he needs, he needs to play a part, uh, in order for for his arc, I think to be satisfying. Max, uh, You touched on a lot about Max and and where she was. And, you know, we saw her the season where she was grappling with this intense uh, feelings and guilt about Billy's death. And those feelings were used against her by Vecna. She had two different confrontations with Vecna that happened inside of her mind. And that second encounter, he snapped all the bones in her body and blinded her technically killed her 11 brought her back but she's alive but she's in a coma and I had to think about it you know she she made a point to keep her Walkman playing uh, for a time when they started out in the house and then you see Mm -hmm. her like okay time for Kate Bush to be put aside and open herself up you know to Vecna and I'm thinking if you grew up in the 80s and the 90s Do we all remember how fragile Walkmans are? (laughs) That this is what you're relying on to save you? Uh, I know mine wasn't that great, and it wasn't reliable, and it was either broken or my freaking batteries went dead all the time. So just side note to that. So what's next for Max? She's in this hospital bed. Eleven can't even reach her. Uh, When Elle entered her mind, and it was blank, I wonder and have a theory I think Vecna took her soul, took her essence, something. I, I said it earlier, but Brenner said Vecna consumes. Yeah. And Henry told Elle, when he kills, they're still with him. And he points yeah. to his head, to his mind. He says, they're still with me. All of them are still, still here. Uh, so... I think Vecna has something to do because I don't think he's dead. I think Vecna has something to do with whatever's uh, happened with Max and that's going to play a part. And I think surely that this experience is definitely going to change Max. Uh, Very much like Will, when he came back from the Upside Down after season one, he was very different. Could she have a part of Vecna inside of her still through this psychic exchange that they had? Because Will and Vecna, as we know now, we thought it was like the Mind Flayer, but it was Vecna, had this psychic exchange that changed Will. I think Max and Vecna had this psychic exchange as well. So, where does that leave her? Mm -hmm. Uh, Did Eleven maybe transfer something to Max when she revived her? I don't know. Questions, questions, questions. Uh, One other question I feel like it's important because they made a point to bring it up. And like so many other shows that we watch, there are no small things or mistakes or oversights, except for maybe Will's birthday in season five yeah. that they
3: <laughs> overlooked. <laughs> that was just, they yeah, they've even they said, admitted they're that. Like, yeah, we didn't even think about that. We, um, um, we screwed that up.
2: <laughs> we messed up. We were so busy and consumed. We totally overlooked it. So they did admit their mistake, but anyway, uh, unless it was an oversight or anything. Um, I still want to know, why is the Upside Down stuck in time on that day when Will went missing? Mm-hmm. You know, until the season, when we learned that the Upside Down wasn't just some, like, parallel universe of Hawkins. You know, it was just some weird, bizarre version of it. But through what Vecna told us during his monologuing, you know, it was very much unformed fire, lava, rock, demogorgons, mm-hmm. the dust particles, and Vecna used his powers to mold it to what we see uh, today, and he I think molded the monsters the way that he wanted, Ergo, the Mind Flayer. And when Nancy discovered, when they're in, in her house looking for the the guns that she had, that they were exactly on um, in the Upside Down, November sixth, nineteen 1983, which was the day Will Byers was taken. What does that mean? Is it relevant in some way? Why?
3: Um, I, I have a reason to believe that we will definitely have the answer to that.
2: Oh, did they say? Did they? That they, exact
3: could... question was asked of them in that after show. Where it was like, well, why is it stuck in the same time? And they go, we'll figure that out in season five. We'll talk. Oh, about. It was like, we'll, we'll reveal that. Damn so, it. Yeah. <laughs> but at least we okay. know they will answer those questions.
2: Well, I feel so. like it had to be intentional. They certainly made a hell of a point yeah. to... To talk about it So I feel like they just dangled this little nugget in front of us And then mm-hmm. didn't address it or talk about it anymore So I felt like there had to be something there Yeah,
3: without going into any know. details Which they didn't really go into any de- details Because they haven't written it all out But they said basically any it. questions you have about the Upside Down Will be answered in Season 5
2: Damn it, don't let me down y'all Right, right One Duffer <laughs> brothers Well then That also, you know Because I also wonder What does Will's connection to the Upside Down Mm-hmm. mean for his future because as i as i was talking about like max and and could she have some sort of connection now that she's had this connection with Fechna and in the upside down and we you know we know how it affected will i feel like we can't start there we can't start with this in season one and his connection we we have him constantly like touching his neck, feeling his like hairs on the back of his neck stand up. Or he gets the the prickly feeling and he's like, he's here, he's here. We get that constantly uh, throughout the whole series and we get it often in, in four. So there has to be something about his connection to the upside down that as we're reminded, this connection does still exist. uh, And then for them not to do anything with it, I think would be wasteful. So I think there has to be something uh, to that as well.
3: I think so Uh, I'm just gonna wait like two years for it
2: oh my word yeah the fact that and I understand that they have the story (sighs) mapped out they know where it's going but now they gotta put pen to paper and actually Mm -hmm. write it and that worries me because I'm like oh my gosh how long is it gonna take them to write it then they've gotta you know everything else that comes with it they gotta get everyone together and they gotta production pre-production filming post yikes yeah it might be a couple years before we're back here again
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh so I have maybe like theories. I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen. Um but I feel like there's some intention, I guess, intention with things that we've seen and things that we've been shown. And one of those is these parallels between Will and Henry. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it until the season uh until Seven, um, one's monologue with L when they were in, in the Upside Down uh, some parallels in season 4 episode 5 um, Henry sorry um, his dad Victor, sorry, Victor Creel mm-hmm. said, Henry, my boy, he was a sensitive child and we see, you know, Henry was drawing and coloring that's a parallel yeah. with Will Will loves to draw and color. And Will was also described as sensitive. I think I talked about this in another episode. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that. Uh, in season four, episode seven, he says, like you, I didn't fit in with the other children. Something was wrong with me. He's, you know, describing himself as being misunderstood whenever he was young. Will, while it's not really said explicitly, he always feels like he's being left behind. And, we've talked about that or the scene in uh, season three with him and Mike when they're arguing about girls and you can kind of see Will struggling and whether or not it's with his, either his sexuality or whether it's just because something's different about Will, he's definitely growing up at a different pace than his friends uh, and and that scene there as well. So Henry being seen as misunderstood will also kind of being seen as misunderstood. Uh, Joyce in season one, says to Hopper, you know, look, Hopper, he's not like you, he's not like me, he's not like most. He's a sensitive kid. She describes Will as being, you know, sensitive, uh, which also parallels what Victor says about Henry. In uh, sees or uh, um, Henry is seen drawing the mind flare, uh, which resembles really closely to Will's uh, drawing that he does when mm-hmm. uh, the mind flare was uh, manifesting in all of his visions same drawing I mean it was uh, such a, a mirror when we saw in this uh, fina- uh, final episode Henry yeah. drawing and sketching it could have been like s- like scene for scene with Will doing that same yeah. drawing uh, so I think there were a lot of parallels there um, I don't know I and I and I worry about Will because I think that I worry a little that maybe Vecna might use him as a host because I feel like he might still have remember when the mind flayer the particles uh, kind of infected Will and took over I feel like there's still something yeah. left like there is still something there and that's what it is it's like prickling at him when it, when it comes close or now as we know it was Vecna the whole time uh, it makes himself mm-hmm. present I, I worry a little bit that that is going to make Will susceptible that this is how it's going to kind of come back in, in some way. Um, so I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I'm curious if you have thoughts or if you just want to go into your number one and talk about your, if you have that separate, if you have anything that you want to talk about season five theories or questions or things like that.
3: Uh, no, um, <clears throat> I've thought about some of those things, but yeah, it's just, I'm not, I'm not sure. I haven't done a lot of theorizing. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just ready to see kind of what they have for me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, definitely will. And we've talked about that all season is just kind of where Will is emotionally and as a person, like him being back in Hawkins where all this is going on probably isn't the best place for him. Uh yeah. With a lot of what's going on. I mean, you can see, you know, he even when he talks to Mike in this episode where he's just like now that I'm back here, I can feel you know, I still remember how he thinks how he feels, how, you know, he's hurting,
1: mm-hmm. but
3: he's angry. You know, like he's, there is a connection there that's deeper than just like, he's here. Like, no, I mean, there's still a, like a psychic link almost that that Will feels and is connected a lot to what was what going on with Vecna. And I feel, yeah, that's going to be a big part of season five. I think just as there's that connection with, Ma- with Max, that that connection with Will is also there and that connection with 11. And I think, so I think you're right in saying earlier that, that will is hopefully going to be a big focal point of season five. I think he has to be. Yeah. Especially with, with that, you know, reveal that he's still very much connected to, to Vecna.
2: I, I, I just feel like there's such a parallel between both of them. I mean, they had some different outcomes, uh, Henry didn't have the the love and support like Will does. And I feel like that's going to be something that you can factor in. But I just feel like Will's mm-hmm. going to play a really big part. I I don't think he's necessarily going to be the maybe the one to take him down. I feel like it is going to be like all of them. I feel like Eleven's definitely going to play a big part. But I feel like Will, I, I'm i hoping anyway, is going to come to the forefront. And I feel like they're just not going to tell us all of these things Um uh, because I feel like every time I kept hearing things about Henry this season as we're introduced to Henry, I'm like, gosh, he sounds like Will, you know? I mean, they're, mm-hmm. again, two different. I mean, Henry turned out to be very, very different uh, than, than Will. He's got the love and support. Henry didn't have it. Henry is evil. Will is good. Again, that good versus evil. Yeah. So I, I feel like he's going to play a really big role. Hopefully not like a negative outcome for, for Will in the end, but I just feel like it's definitely going to play a big role. They're not going to take the time to map that out, in my opinion, to, for it to not pay off in some way in season five. So that was my number one. I just wanted to kind of talk about uh, my hopes, theories. I'm not sure. A little bit of everything. Um, do you have some notes? I've got so many. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's get going.
3: <laughs> well, I'm gonna try to get through them pretty quick. Ah, uh, just kind of random stuff. Let's see. Uh, you talked about how uh, you know uh, Henry really pulls off of darkness and pain, while <clears throat> the, <laughs> as cheesy as it sounds, you know, Eleven is kind of powered by the power of love. And <laughs> but that's that's what we got. Uh, <clears throat> as you know she's restrained and Max is floating and everybody else is just like in a really bad place is everything. It, it's looking really dire. It is the power of love that helps them continue fighting. Yeah, You know, whether, you know, with Mike's speech to L uh, that helps her free herself and get Max out of Vecna's grip. But also in that moment, I mean, that same moment, Hopper's pinned down by that demo dog and Joyce comes in and, and saves Hopper that it's, very much that you know power of love thing you know that
2: yeah that saves them
3: l Elle, l's love for max is what had her bring her back mm. after she did die yeah you know that there's all of those things kind of correlate together which is cool um just <clears throat> to point out the incredibly moving and awesome scene uh, again kate bush That song has been on repeat repeat on my playlists since episode four. I still listen to it like every day. Um, And again, just we got another kind of moment with which this time it was there's like an upbeat mashup of running up that hill and the main Stranger Things theme. Wasn't that great? This little mix. So good. So cool. And it was while Hopper was fighting and killing the Demogorgon. Vecna was being set on fire and shot and briefly beaten Mm -hmm. by the team in the house, you know, with Robin throwing the Molotovs at him, and Nancy looking like a freaking badass with her shotgun. Oh my god! Like, yeah. And, and you know, Max falling out of the sky, and Lucas catching her, and and her waking up for a little bit, and you know, all of those things were set with that music. And I think again, just another one of those things. Where as I'm watching it, I'm just going, "Oh my god, this is incredible." Mm-hmm. Just from every point, just the visuals, the music, the the characters, how it makes me feel. I was like. It's it's a masterpiece all woven together. I'm like this is this is awesome. Hundred percent,
2: I hundred. W- I think I was tingly. I could just mm. like crying. I'm crying with all this emotion, but at the same yeah. time, I'm feeling like tingly, uh, like this uh, goosebumps almost like up and down my body at how amazing all of these visuals along with the sound of with the music and mm-hmm. the mashup. Yeah, you described it perfectly. It's all great.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, other notes with kind of the really smaller points, but I'm going to try to just fly through them. Kind uh, of talk Steve, Nancy, Robin, they're the Hawkins crew with the plan in motion. Phase one, Erica's on the playground across from the Creel house, signals Max and Lucas on the inside when team upside down is in place. <laughs> For phase two, where Max gets Vecna into her mind, leaving him vulnerable to attack. Uh, phase three, Dustin and Eddie get the bats to leave the Creel house area, and then phase four, team upside down go into the house and take out Vecna in a fiery blaze. Uh, so we, they go over that plan over and over, no deviating from the plan. And then, yeah, Steve goes into the upside down first, looking like a total badass. (laughs) As always. Doing this little flip, landing on his feet. Dustin could not recreate that. Uh, so he gets in the mattress, the rest of the team and the weapons go in after him, which was cool. Uh, then when they're walking through the forest, Steve's whole thumping my head analogy speech to Nancy was really sweet. Uh, especially where he admits... That his dream of, you know, Harrington's on the highways of America actually does include her. Which Uh,
2: was like, oh, my God, Steve, shut up. That's like another death, death, like, notice. (laughs) Shut up. Stop.
1: Uh,
3: Yeah,
2: I was so fearful for Steve thinking, you know, might be him.
3: Yeah, which Steve and Nancy had so many great moments in this episode. Yeah. And then Jonathan is just like back In the end, not that I have nothing against Jonathan. Clearly I really like him. I I I, do. One of the first things I talked about in this whole episode was his conversation with Will, but, but Nancy and Steve just feel right to me. Um, Yeah. (laughs) They get to the house. Vecna's house is full of tentacles. It's a squelchy feng shui. Uh,
2: (laughs) Lots of wet squelching happening.
3: Yes. So much wet squelching. And then, yeah, when they're heading up the stairs and the tentacles get them and restrain them into the walls of, very lucky they are that the russia contingent are doing their thing and then uh, kind of at the end after that fight with that really cool music and everything that we talked about it was a great homage to halloween where they walk outside out the door and Vecna's body has disappeared Classic. Uh, <laughs> Classic. uh max and lucas i want to talk about a little bit i had some notes on them uh as just, you know, they're walking around trying to find Vecna with the lights. They get kind of a location on him. Erica's the one that finds him and then goes out to wait for the others. Uh, which I like seeing Erica seriously involved as part of the team and in, in the plan. She's
2: definitely really been cool. indoctrinated in our core group there. Mm-hmm. She's not just a uh, side player character. She's she's all in. Yeah. Yeah, it's good.
3: But Max and Lucas were just continue to be adorable to me uh, in this episode. As they're waiting for Erica's signal, you know, they're having this little note conversation. You know, that I'm glad you're here. I'm, you know, how are, you know, hi. Hi, how are you? And then the whole asking her out to a movie, movie on Friday. Uh-uh, and then don't Max make plans. Drawing them at the theater. I'm just like, oh. um. And then Max turning off the music, making it official. She's getting his attention. and Heading up to the attic was just like tense. And then we talked about the snowball being her, her memory with Lucas. Jason had some notes on uh, the frigging beardo dude from the town hall meeting spots Erica and alerts. Jason was like, damn it. And then he's got to show up and screw up everything. You know, I get, he's got himself convinced that there's a satanic cult cursing and killing people. And then sees, you know, max in this trance. That doesn't look good. Um, Lucas is doing his best there uh to I got to applaud him for doing his best to try to explain everything to Jason was like dude's not listening. He's
2: definitely to you. trying to do a good job to de-escalate uh, but Jason yeah. was un well we talked about it in the last episode he was completely unhinged. Dude oh, yeah. did- I mean
3: his eyes were just red, bloodshot. He probably hadn't slept in 3 days. Like
2: that was scary. Was off. That dude yeah. I mean I was That's in my notes too. That was um the name of that note is just uncomfortable. the mm-hmm. the The gun pointing at Lucas like that was extremely uncomfortable for me. And of course, when he chokes him later, that was that was very uncomfortable for me. I didn't like that yeah. uh, at all. Yeah.
3: yeah. Jason is just convinced of his own story. Mm-hmm. You know that line? That's how I know you're lying. If Chrissy was scared, if Chrissy wanted help, she would have come to me. And I'm like, no, because you're not a good and trustworthy person. You've yeah. shown that. Like, there's
2: a reason she didn't. Tell you, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: So then, yeah, Lucas takes the initiative to rush Jason and fight him. The gun goes off, go, goes off, which distracts Andy, and then uh, Erica outside can get a good nut shot on him. And then I love how she yells "crit hit" when she hits him with the flashlight. And I was like, yeah, this girl's living her D and D life.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> love her. Another uncomfortable uh, moment. Uh, and I can't mm-hmm. remember that dude's name, but who? What senior boy? Uh, takes down like a 12-year-old girl and pins her down and tries to break her arm. I'm sorry. Right. I, I have d- just some disturbing images uh, from that. I mean, there was a lot of disturbing images, but those scenes made me extremely uncomfortable. Pointing the gun at Lucas, nearly shooting him, choking out Lucas, and then that boy holding down Erica and nearly breaking her arm. Mm-hmm. That is a child. Uh, yeah. So, yeah
3: and then yeah, jason of course in all of this stepping on on the walkman dooming max from any chance of being pulled out of vecna's hold it's like awesome great wonderful um <laughs> yeah in that moment you're just like you're with lucas which is like no uh man and then you yeah, talk about a couple of reunions that i love you know at the end pizza van rolls up so those reunions there jonathan and nancy as awkward as it is uh Nancy's confused as to how Jonathan knows what's going on, plus some, it seems. Uh, we get Mike and his mom. is really funny. No more vacations. No college. You're never leaving home again. Uh, just all the kids seeing each other again was great. Lucas getting to reunite with other the others in the hospital room. And I, I wonder and really hope that he will get to know what Elle did for Max. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like Mike and Will, it seems like, kind of know. They kind of had that look when he's like, you know, the doctors just say it was a miracle. And they kind of give this little look at Elle. And I I feel like Lucas should know that, yeah, Elle definitely saved her. Yeah, because she was dead for a minute. And then Elle brought her back. We have extreme home makeover at the cabin where Nancy and Jonathan are awkwardly connecting. Argyle's mushroom foraging. Uh, And then Hopper showing up. And that reunion with Eleven was just beautiful. He looks very different from the last time she saw him. You know, I kinda stole your look, kid. Well, what do you think? Bitching. Good call uh, back.
2: To yeah. Season two. <laughs> yeah, really nice. Mm-hmm.
3: And I loved Hopper and Mike. Like I love their relationship and even their kind of reunion there with the you've grown. Yeah. You shrunk. I laughed so hard at that first time I saw <laughs> that. I was like, that's a great one. Um completely unrelated just happened to while i was on imdb looking at some stuff i just learned last night that david harbour is married to lily allen yes. the singer yes did not know that really um, yeah yeah i found it, they got married in vegas mm-hmm. in 2020 by an elvis impersonator like the classic i was like that is okay uh yeah they
2: sure
3: did <laughs> did not know that Which she is the sister of Alfie Allen, Mm -hmm. Theon Greyjoy of Game of Thrones. She sure is. Interesting. Um, But yeah, uh, let's see what else I've got. Almost done. I just had so many notes. Uh, Let's see. Yeah. With Max dead officially, at least for, you know, some point, the four victims, four gates, Fecna succeeds, the gates opened, ripped into Hawkins, swallowing up and destroying so much. Even Jason who got knocked out by Lucas gets split right in half by an opening gate. Um was you know, I didn't feel the worst seeing that. Let's just say that. Um <laughs> It didn't make me real sad.
2: it was not sad. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just yeah, not like, I, sad. I, I didn't feel about that the worst about that. Um I mean, it was a tough way to go. The dude was alive. Yeah. <laughs> and got split in half by the it was a it was a cool death. I yeah. thought it was I don't know, I, I thought it was fitting my opinion Mm.
3: yeah and then the pizza's coming in the pizza van's coming in and everyone's getting out everyone is getting the hell out of hawkins uh it's officially being reported as a major earthquake that doesn't explain all the otherworldly vines sticking out of the ground and wrapping around buildings but i guess that's why the military is also there uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's they know there's there's more going on and i'm sure it will get out at some point i think that's gonna be a big thing in season five is the rest of the world's gonna realize the Upside Down. Um, and it's
2: not just snowing.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, because we get Robin, Steve, and Dustin dropping off supplies and items to donate to those in need and end up volunteering as well. Steve on clothes duty. Dustin handing out water. And Robin gets to make PB&Js with Vicky, who is just like her. It's like, Come on. They're perfect. Please, Duffers. Please. They're uh,
2: so cute together. <laughs> make it happen. Come on.
3: Yeah. Uh, we get 11 in sort of a rough place thinking that she could have and should have done more. Uh, Mike hopes that it was enough and that one is dead, but we talked about will still having that connection to him and saying that he can feel that one is still alive. He's hurt, but not down and out and he will be back with a vengeance. And that's where we end the episode with the gates are still open. The upside down is bleeding through and it is just begun.
2: (sighs) (sighs) Yeah, that, well, that that was a lot. There was so much, so much, in this episode. God, we could talk all night. Um, but one of my notes, as you just pointed out, where we ended up, it was definitely an oh shit moment. It, uh, our they lost. Yeah, you know, they. This hasn't happened before. Mm-hmm. You know, this is. It was definitely not just darker in tone this season. It was scary. It was dark. A lot of dark things happened. A lot of dark things they talked about. Uh, but they they lost. Yeah. This did not end on a good positive note. There wasn't like a, all right, we defeated the Demogorgons and sent them back. Oh, we defeated the Mind Flayer. No, they the Vecna is still. They know that. Hey, he he he's still out and about. We think he wasn't there. We didn't really kill him. They lost. This was definitely a different yeah. kind of season and a little bit of a different turn uh, than what we've, what we've seen before. Yep. So I like how they ended it or thought it was interesting. And I don't know if it means anything because I feel like sometimes because we know that a lot of things can always mean something. So I, I tend to overlook and overthink things thinking, Oh, it means something and it probably doesn't mean anything. The end, when we get the shot of everyone from behind, when they're looking out over Hawkins, there's Eleven standing by herself in the front, and then there's um, Jonathan and Nancy standing together, Hopper and Joyce standing together, and, um, uh, oh shoot, who was left? Uh, Mike and Will Mm -hmm. were standing together. So I don't know if there's something about, that's supposed to be symbolic about how they're all standing and how they're grouped together. You know, yeah. the, the pairings of everyone, I don't know. But it just, it felt like it seemed like it was a point to be made that Eleven was standing her, by herself. I don't know if it's supposed to be like, she's going to be the one to be to be the forefront of five episodes, season, season five, I mean, in fighting and she's got the support of everyone around her to battle in five or or what that means. But I don't know. It feels like it kind of means something mm-hmm. as they're all... And and also maybe not just who's there, but who's not there. Steve wasn't there. Robin wasn't there. Dustin wasn't there. And Lucas wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means anything. Yeah. To show mm-hmm. who was there versus who wasn't. Just something I'm observations. Yeah. Call them observations. <laughs> um. I also wondered: Is Owen still chained to the pipe? Right. In Utah. Don't know what happened to him. <laughs> don't know what happened to him. He was left... We I think we mentioned it in the last episode. He was left there with that asshole um, lieutenant colonel. Is he still chained to that damn pipe? Did they get him? Is he okay? Uh, I worry about him. Mm-hmm. Another question. Um, I think you covered a lot of my notes. I think I had one. Oh, there was a line from Murray. When they're driving back to... When they're in the van, they're driving back to the prison. And... Murray says, "I got a bad feeling about this." Mm-hmm. Any Star Wars fan knows. Any Star Wars fan knows where that line comes from, and I think it's interesting and also fitting because I've read that the Duffer Brothers said that C- season four was like Empire Strikes Back to them. Yeah, so they used Empire as a bit of a reference and inspiration for season four, which is season 5 going to be like return of the jedi? I don't Maybe. know. Uh I think that's all my notes. I think you covered everything else. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about?
3: Uh that is it. Got it. Finally, somehow <laughs> I've made it through all of my notes. <laughs> I,
2: well, we we both had a lot uh and a lot to contribute, that's for sure. Um <laughs> Well, I think that, I mean, again, we, we could probably sit here and dissect it all night long, but. At Parker,
0: our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
2: Uh, I do have a little bit of uh, news to cover. Uh, just a few things because, look, there's a lot. Uh, I'm grateful that I was able to finally read some things and get a little bit of behind-the-scenes uh, things, but uh, there's a lot, so I can't go through everything, and we have a plethora of feedback to get through. So just a, just a few little quick quick notes so we talked. This is an art uh, from from Deadline. So we talked about uh, Master Puppets and Eddie playing that song. So I thought was really fun was the band themselves mm-hmm. recently posted a video of themselves. You've probably seen it. Everybody's probably seen it. I know I'm probably the last person in the world that's seen it because I've finally been able to expose myself. Um, but uh, Metallica recently posted a video of themselves playing Master Puppets while wearing t-shirts with the uh, Hellfire. Uh, club uh shirts and they captioned the post heard any cool songs lately (laughs) uh and so they recently posted that and they duetted uh eddie's scene in um in the episode which was absolutely brilliant and they they, when they posted it, they wrote, they said, the way the Duffer brothers have incorporated music into Stranger Things has always been next level. So we were beyond psyched for them to not only include master of puppets in the show, but to have such a pivotal scene built around it. We were all stoked to see the final result. And when we did, we were totally blown away. And Stranger Things creators Duffer Brothers recruited Metallica early on for the scene. Uh, the band's guitarist Kirk Hammett, bassist Robert Trujillo, and Trujillo's son Ty recorded a- additional guitar tracks for the version of the song that appears in the show. Mm-hmm. Thought that was super super cool. So they loved it. Um, it's really great that you know music plays such a big part in this show, and you know Kate Bush has skyrocketed and she's been exposed to so many people yeah. that never would have heard her music she's b- made some extreme success off of that single yeah. she's made a lot of money so kudos to her and i love that metallica and master of puppets has been also brought to a new audience i've been a longtime metallica fan for a really long time so it's really warmed my heart as a metalhead to mm-hmm. kind of see them introduced to a whole new generation and maybe even um uh people that wouldn't have never otherwise heard a metallica song so absolutely lo- love that they're getting some recognition and some love thrown their way and that that song has went up the charts as well
1: yeah
2: um quick little item from deadline again I'm, I'm gonna take some little quick hot takes from some of these articles because there were so many but also from deadline the duffer brothers said that they almost killed max in season four but they wanted it they said to be more of a question um Matt Duffer said we wanted them to actually lose we wanted our characters to experience what that felt like and that was the big idea coming into season four that they were going to lose we were going to introduce Vecna and they were going to lose to him that sets our characters up for what will be the ultimate final confrontation with Vecna and with Upside Down in season five so that's interesting that there was almost a different outcome for Max and they Mm -hmm. I don't think that they knew that until as they were developing um but And like you said, they had it all mapped out. This is kind of where they were going with season four. They did. I don't think that this is considered very spoilery. Uh, Maybe um, a little bit of a hint about season five. The only thing that uh, I I picked up on when they were talking about season five, and this comes from BGR.com, both Matt and Ross Duffer, um, they addressed the slew of characters that they brought on for season four. Um, he said that, you know, they talked about what that would look like for next season. And, you know, because it was so hard to manage all the people in mm-hmm. all the different places, he said, that's not going to be a problem. Uh, in season five, he said, we're stopping meaning that the, uh, world of the show can't get any bigger. He said, we're not adding any more characters in season five. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and as I mentioned, they are due to start writing stranger things season five in August. Um, you can kind of speculate based on how the others uh, have been released the other seasons. Um, they're kind of speculating that it could be the fall of 2023 sometime in 2024 before mm-hmm. we get five. <sighs> so we've got a little bit of a long wait. Good thing. We've got a lot of good TV oh, yeah. to keep us busy until then. So those were the, just the kind of, I, I Personally, I felt as highlights, there's a ton of articles. Everyone's probably already seen them again. I'm the last last person here to ever see any of this stuff. So if you want to see more, there's a ton out there. Um, but like I said, we have a lot of listener feedback. I just want to say I was completely um, just overwhelmed with um, more emotion seeing our inbox completely full of email, voice messages, and our uh, Facebook page lots of comments so with that being said let's jump into it we got a lot to cover Uh, Paik, will you take that first one
3: alright the first one comes from Bob Gill says we are all aware the villains they use are based on D&D so I wanted to point out some interesting stuff about Vecna in the game there are items called the eye and hand of Vecna the hand is his severed left hand which is the same hand with the really long clawed fingers that he uses in the show when he kills someone I thought that it was a cool touch that the Duffer Brothers put in. Here's some additional D&D lore for those curious or interested. Great show, guys. Keep up the great work. So, he's got some Vecna. D&D lore. Seldom is the name of Vecna spoken, except in a hushed voice. Vecna was, in his time, one of the mightiest of all wizards. Through dark magic and conquest, he forged a terrible empire. For all his power, Vecna couldn't escape his own mortality. He began to fear death and take steps to prevent his end from ever coming about. Orcus, the demon prince of undeath, taught Vecna a ritual that would allow him to live on as a leech. Beyond or Lich either way. Beyond death, he became the greatest of all liches. Even though his body gradually withered and decayed, Vecna continued to expand his evil dominion. So formidable and hideous was his temper that his subjects feared to speak his name. He was the Whispered One, the Master of the Spider Throne, the Undying King, the Lord of the Rotted Tower. Some mm. say that Vecna's lieutenant, lieutenant Cass coveted the spider throne for himself, that the sword his lord made for him seduced him into rebellion. Whatever the reason, Cass brought the Undying King's rule to an end in a terrible battle that left Vecna's tower a heap of ash. Of Vecna, all that remained were one hand and one eye, grisly artifacts that still seek to work the Whispered One's will in the world. The Eye of Vecna and the Hand of Vecna might be found together or separately. The eye looks like a bloodshot organ torn free from the socket. The hand is a mummified and shriveled left extremity. To attune to the eye, you must gouge out your own eye and press the artifact into the empty socket. The eye grafts itself to your head and remains there until you die. Once in place, the eye transforms into a golden eye with a slit for a pupil, much like that of a cat. If the eye is ever removed, you die. To attune to the hand, you must lop off your left hand at the wrist and press the artifact against the stump. The hand grafts itself to your arm and becomes a functioning appendage. If the hand is ever removed, you die.
2: Wow. (laughs) Love it. There's a lot of speculation about Season 5 and how D&D... Uh, and some of the characters or things that happen in D&D might affect or play out in season five. Yeah, And I think there's a theory, and I don't know, I think it would be interesting. They talk about, and sorry, this kind of stomps all over what Bill, but because he's, uh, what Bill said, but it kind of goes into what he's saying as far as the lore, but how D&D uh, is um, played out in the series. And, you know, there's, they ended season one where they're, was it the the Thessal Hydra?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Where they go up against that three headed monster, and there's a three headed monster in Will's painting. Um, speculating that that's how things might kind of end or wrap up that. a little bit, yeah. because it's like they've been telling us the whole time. If you if you really start putting pieces together, and how they there's these patterns. It's like they tell us these things all along. So I don't know. I think that's kind of an interesting theory. There's a lot of theories about uh vecna and things that happen in d and d and how that could come into play as well but again, keep in mind stranger things is not actually playing out d and d this is kind of where the kids get their like inspiration and their some of their knowledge mm-hmm. and kind of apply it to that so I love but all these
3: of that creatures cle- are not the D&D creatures uh, exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly
2: exactly wow that was very informative Bob mm-hmm. thanks so much I oh god, I gotta play this freaking game already I
3: had a one of our players one of our party members in our campaign that I play is moving all the way to the other side of the country like in a few days so we played yesterday oh. and it was her last session with us and it was very emotional Aww. very moving because our dm is incredible and managed to like tear in her whole story and like some personal aspects of her life and why she's moving and all this into her character for us to say goodbye to her and like wrapped it all up perfectly as to why she was leaving and it was you know it, it can be a really cool thing like D D can be really great because like we were like all crying and it was all emotional and she was like whoever knew that i was going to be able to work out some personal problems in a game of D, you know <laughs> like
2: so it was oh, really I cool i Yeah, I love to hear it That's great I gotta play Uh, Don Elizabeth says What a great season this has been My biggest thought on this episode Is that I cried like a baby I Mm. cried when Jonathan told Will That he loved him no matter what I cried when Eddie died And Dustin was so distraught I cried when Mike was telling Elle He loved her To help her while she was in the freezer tank I cried when it was Hopper In the government vehicle And he and Elle were reunited Especially when she told him That she had left the door open three inches I cried when Max was possibly killed by Vecna. It was exhausting. (laughs) I was very relieved that none of our original characters were killed because I was so damn sure we would lose one of them. Don't get me wrong. I love Max and sure hope that when Vecna is finally killed, he will be, right? She will come out of this coma that she's in. I had grown to like Eddie, but he wasn't around long enough for me to get really attached to. He became the hero that he never thought he would be. I'm very worried about Will still having a connection to Vecna and hoping that he doesn't end up possibly becoming the big bad somehow next season. There's so much more than what I can write here without it becoming a novel. I'm with Lindsay. We'll get to hers here in a moment. You'll see why. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. she goes on. So let me say that I've loved your coverage of this show. Thank you so much for spending so much time on it. I heard that the final season won't be out for two years. Do you know if this is true? Even if it is, I'll be right here with you whenever it comes out. Thank you, Don. We don't know. They have not. Just, uh, if I'd known, I would have definitely mentioned it. We don't know. It's certainly speculation. As we said, they're due to start writing it in August. I'm guessing it might be at least two years.
3: Mm-hmm. It's usually how it's but, been.
2: Yeah. It seems to be the pattern. Thank you, Don, so much for being here with us.
3: Yeah. And as we got a little hint, too, here is our feedback from Lindsay Schlick. <laughs> Says, uh... I'm going to try hard not to write a novel here, but so much happened, so I apologize in advance for the length. Nancy and her outfit, especially at the end, made me think of Ripley in Aliens. Yes. (laughs) And Dustin (laughs) reminded me of the older brother in Goonies with his gray hoodie and bandana. The flamethrower and watching the creature on video surveillance felt like another callback to Aliens. I love how they never directly copy stuff from the 80s, but instead perfectly evoke a feeling of familiarity or a sense of the time. I've never disliked her or anything, but I've always been a little indifferent to Nancy, as characters like Dustin and Steve were more obviously fun to love. But man, this scene with her and the shotgun was bad ass. Straight Mm -hmm. out of Aliens, she was definitely calling Vecna a bitch in her head. Get away from her, you bitch, was all I saw when she blasted Vecna's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Eddie's Evil Bats metal concert has to go down as one of the most awesome scenes in TV history. After the concert, Eddie slowly uh, pulling his spear and facing down the horde was straight out of Lord of the Rings, with Aragorn fighting orcs alone. My neighbors mm-hmm. probably heard me yelling, whew, boy, Eddie, why did we have to lose him? That's the hardest I've cried at a TV show in a while. I kind of knew it was between Eddie and Steve, and if I had to pick one, I'm glad Steve made it, but man am I really hurt over Eddie. His death scene was absolutely brutal, and I've always loved Gayton, but much like... Some of the other kids this season, he killed it in this scene. Snot, drool, everything. I was right there with you, Dustin. I must have looked insane. I honestly can't believe this show showed us Max being broken and twisted and tortured. I know it was meant to be dark, but I didn't honestly think they'd show us so much brutality towards one of the kids we've grown to love. Again Mm -hmm. with the performances this season, Max and Lucas broke me. I do think she'll make it, but having her go through that was almost too much. Elle going into her mind only to find it blank was so scary. I fear she's trapped in Vecna's mind. I realized this episode, one of the things Stranger Things does so well, is intercutting various scenes together. I tried to list them all, but there were so many this episode. They just do so well building tension, showing you clips of everyone battling, preparing, etc., often with other great music or creepy voiceover. The tension in the end had me nearly clawing my own face off. I've always loved this show, but I gotta say, this season was one of the best seasons of TV I can remember. Ever. If this is what we get waiting multiple years for a show, I don't even mind waiting for season five. Seriously, amazing season, and I've loved enjoying every moment with you guys.
2: It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Lindsay. I got a little bit of a Red Dawn feel with their oh, wardrobe. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little bit. That was great. Emily Baglarian says, What a season. I was nervous going into this episode because I didn't think the kids were any match for Vecna, and I think I was right. If Eleven... 11 Hadn't helped, they all would have been toast. Even with her help, they barely squeezed by. The scene with Max was so hard to watch. I wasn't expecting the Duffers to do something so graphic to a beloved character. When Elle said no before bringing Max to life, for a second I fully thought she was going to travel back in time. I think I've been watching too much Umbrella Academy. (laughs) But then again, is Max truly alive? When Elle tried to go inside her mind, she didn't see anything. I'm afraid that means her body is functioning, but her mind isn't there. Or maybe her consciousness has been stolen by Vecna. Who knows which direction they will take this. R.I.P. Eddie. I was so sad to see him go, but sort of expected it at this point, seeing as the Duffers have killed off so many lovable men after having them, having them around for a season. I was thankful that he at least got a hero's death and wasn't murdered by jocks with too much testosterone and access to too many weapons. I honestly was more afraid of them than Vecna. Was that guy really going to break Erica's arm? Like, come on. They truly made us wait until the very last few minutes to reunite all of our favorite characters. I was happy to see everyone back together again, and I hope that going into the final season, we'll finally have the cast fighting the evil together instead of being split up. But having Will back in Hawkins does make me nervous, as he said he could feel Vecna's presence again. I'm interested to see what happens in the last season, now that the evil is at such a great magnitude that they can't hide hide it from the general public. As opposed to covering it up with stories of explosions, etc. in past seasons. I was happy that the Duffers were able to tie everything together to past seasons and I'm excited to see what they do moving forward. Thanks for a great season. Thank you. Thanks, Emily.
3: This one from Penny Lennox. She says I have so many questions and hopes for season five. A shortened list. Is Brenner really dead this time? Does Will have powers? In season one, he got pulled into the Upside Down and was kept alive. Was Vecna trying to recruit him or absorb his abilities or what? Vecna reveals that he found something in the Upside Down, the swirling darkness. But was it sentient or did it need Henry to take form? Is that thing the real power of the Upside Down or is Henry still alive in there? Are we going to see all the people Vecna killed and absorbed come back somehow? Are they going to use Pink Floyd music and make my day? (laughs) How long do we have to wait for season five? Love the podcast. XOXXO. Penny. (laughs)
2: all good questions thank -hmm. you Penny all right moving into some emails Got a lot of emails guys thank you Uh, first one is from Daphne she says hi Rima and Paik this episode brought me through such a gamut of emotions first before I get to that I want to draw attention to the incredible cinematography on this episode and really the entire season they've done such a fantastic job continuing to build and grow the upside down it's really a character I mean, Vecna is a character, but I think the Upside Down world one is as well. Max's fate had me in tears. It's like she's an empty shell while she sits in a coma. As devastating as it is to lose her, I think it's even more sad to see her like this. R.I.P. Eddie. The master puppet scene will go down as one of the most badass scenes in TV history. My opinion. Try to change my mind? Nope. The reunions had me teary for a happier reason. To seeing everyone get back together was heartwarming. Joyce and Hopper finally out of Russia and back to Hawkins. Thank God. Our whole gang back together again. Glad that the evil Sullivan didn't swoop in to destroy the moment. The final scene of them on the hill watching was impactful and terrifying. I'm scared for Will, I'm starting to think he's going to be sacrificing himself to close the door between worlds or something like that. My final thoughts. I hope next season the group is all together. While I appreciate the approach for the season, was it to limit COVID exposure? I prefer it when hashtag Team Hawkins is in one place fighting together rather than separated into different factions all over the country and the world. Can't wait to listen to this one as I'm sure it will be a marathon between your thoughts and feedback from everyone. Off to have some birthday ice cream. Daphne. Yeah, happy, happy, happy birthday. birthday,
3: Daphne. <laughs> we stayed up playing it nes nintendo wrestling games last night online
2: <laughs> perfect <laughs> this was a good perfect birthday way right yeah
3: <laughs> all right this email comes from sarah says hello strange indeed i hope i get this email sent in time you did um uh, says this season and finale were absolute madness all the cast members killed it but i have to tip my hat to jamie campbell bauer who did a phenomenal job playing such a layered character apart from his performance my close second favorites were sadie for obvious reasons And Natalia, something about Nancy this season was just extra badass. Let's start out with a bit of a laugh. After finishing the show, I went back to the Instagram posts on the Stranger Things account that announced the new cast members and teased who their characters would be. And when they announced Jamie, his character blurb said, A caring man who works as an orderly at a psychiatric hospital. LOL. (laughs) Couldn't be more vague and misleading if they tried. (laughs) (laughs) The end of this season didn't feel quite as resolved as previous seasons, and that's probably intentional just so they can use this tension and uncertainty to jump right into the action next season. Eddie's death was quite sad, but I have to say I'm definitely glad our main gang is okay for now. Hope Max ends up recovering. She promised Lucas a movie date. I think Lucas's performance in the finale was also quite underrated. He really stepped up to protect Max when shithead Jason showed up, and that scene really gave Caleb more depth in his acting that we haven't seen previously. I'm looking forward to seeing his character evolve more next season, as I'm assuming he'll be taking some sort of caretaker role for Max. Also, was anyone else weirded out that Max's mom was absent this whole time? We know she's become a bit less present in Max's life with her husband leaving and her drinking, but she wasn't there when the cops were questioning the kids after the lake incident, and not even in the hospital after Max gets
1: injured.
3: I have noticed a bit of a recurring theme with this finale that didn't sit right with me but we end up with a lot of characters not being able to clear their names. Firstly was Eddie dying as a hero while the whole town still thinks he's a satanic serial killer and no one being able to prove his innocence. Secondly, 11 Dr. Owens tried so hard to convince Sullivan that she's the key to saving us all, but unfortunately she doesn't succeed in stopping Vecna from destroying Hawkins. So the military now have no reason to believe she wasn't the one responsible all along. And lastly, and maybe something a lot of us people forget about Victor Creel. Us as the audience, as well as most of the other characters, now know who is really responsible for the murder of the rest of the Creel family, so ultimately he is innocent and still imprisoned for a crime he didn't commit. Legally, there's probably nothing to be done to, pr- to prove his innocence, but I wonder if he will ever at least find out it was Henry. I wonder if the truth will give him peace, enclosure, or simply destroy him since it's its own son. But yeah, with all those characters, we, have, we never even got the moment of satisfaction of them redeeming themselves to the people who thought they were monsters and killers. There's a lot of speculation for season five, but I have a theory that they will delve into some element of time travel. Hear me out. (laughs) I think the (laughs) fact that the upside down seems to be stuck in a certain time means something more significant than we think, and it'll be more elaborated upon next season. Not to mention the clock motif being such a big thing this season. I don't think it'll be as simple as they go back in time and undo the whole thing, because that would be kind of dumb. But I think they will use the time aspect creatively and subtly to change little things that have a bigger butterfly effect what happens in the present similar to the Time Turner plot in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm way too indecisive to pick one Vecna song, as I'm one of those people who listens to basically everything, so I don't really end up connecting to one specific thing that deeply. I do, however, love, love classical music, and out of all types of music, it is usually what I gravitate towards when I want to relax after a long day. So yeah, Vecna ever captures me. Please play me some Beethoven or Chopin piano pieces, and I'm good to go. Although, shout out Pake, I'm a huge 21 Pilots fan as well, and Holding On To You is a great choice. If I were to pick one, it would be that or goner. All the feels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it for my rambling for today. Thank you for usual for the great coverage. I finished the season quite early, but still loved following along with the pod with you guys. All the best, Sarah H. from Toronto.
2: Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, thanks so much. So good. Okay. Joshua D. says, It's been three long years, but I'm listening again. Well, it took me forever, but I finished season four. I made it a rule not to listen to you guys till I finished an episode. I didn't think I'd get to write in. So without further ado, here's my five main thoughts for all of season four of Stranger Things. I suggest a sip of water here. (laughs) Number five from Russia with love. Okay, Hopper, Murray, and Joyce breaking back into prison was crazy. I understand why it was done, but Murray said something I've said for years. There is a fine line between bravery and stupidity. The look on Joyce's face when it looked like Hopper was going to meet Bob's fate was terrifying, but she found her weapon of choice and saved her man again. The twists and turns of this storyline were nerve-wracking. I mean, you knew they were going to make it, but it was a bit of a trip. Number four, disposable characters. Was it just me, or were there too many disposable characters this year? I'm not talking not talking, lab workers and guards, those deaths are a given. But think about Fred, Patrick, and Chrissy. We got a bit of a feeling for Chrissy because she was relatable as the popular girl, hiding her hurt and reaching out for help. But Fred was annoying with his pining for Nancy and wasn't really that likable. Patrick was nothing but a follower who let his family down. They were all really nothing more than a way to make Max's death more important as the chosen one. Even Jason, who we were all taught to dislike, died a painful but really random death. Number three, the heroes we didn't know we needed. There were many opportunities for all of our favorite characters to be heroes, but really most of them had done heroic things previously. Honorable mention to Erica, who is a welcome addition to the group, but I want to focus on three characters. First, being Dimitri. First, he seemed like the rest of the guards, but you learn he actually cared for Hopper a bit, even if at first it was an investment. He then became invested in Hopper and used tough love to get Hopper motivated for his escape. When they ended up in jail together, he pushed him even harder. Then they man bonded, or men bonded over kids, and did everything they could to get out of jail. Finally, when he used his knowledge of Yuri's past to eventually get the Americans out of Russia, I feel we won't see Dmitri or Yuri again. Next, Murray, for all his idiosyncrasies and being uh, what in today's world would be someone who didn't agree with the way our governments have handled the last two and a half years, he came through, be it his karate skills, his ability to take Yuri hostage, and then his use of a mother freaking flamethrower. Love that crazy old man. <laughs> Finally, Eddie, first you weren't sure what to think of him. He was D&D playing, drug-selling, hoodlum, not like the kids we had come to know. After watching Chrissy die, we saw him as a scared kid. No one was going to believe he didn't do anything. He did what he felt he needed to do. His heroics didn't really start to spark until he first went into the Upside Down. Yes, he was still scared, but he was there for the people who had been helping him while he was hiding. Then we saw him die, the ultimate hero. He distracted the demon bats and thought, or bought time for everyone. I ugly cried when he died in Dustin's arms. And then again when Destin told his uncle that Eddie died a hero. Number two, drama to the Max. Seriously, how many times can we deal with Max dying or almost dying? When we realize she's marked by Vecna, we begin to worry. Then we nearly lose her and finally realize that the music is what can save her. I thought, perfect, we have Max, now let's get Vecna. Then when the plan to get Vecna means we need to use Max as bait, it all goes south fast. Honestly, I kind of felt Jason would go to the house and cause problems. With the Walkman being broken and Lucas being distracted, the contingency plan to save Max was gone. Then when we watched her die, I didn't think they would kill both her and Billy, but there it was. I'm glad Elle could save a life via piggyback, but still up in the air. Uh, 1. Uh, Elnina versus Henry Vecna 1, aka Shakedown1979 This battle was years in the making, and we honestly didn't know how powerful Vecna was. I mean, to me, he seemed like another creature from the Upside Down. Never put it together until Remus started thinking it. To be honest, you were so sure I wanted you to be wrong. (laughs) 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 But then you proved how observant you are. Henry was one. One was Vecna. What the heck. Then when you realized that Elle freed him, then sent him to the Upside Down, then freed him again when she opened the gate in Season 1. This battle was great in 1979 when Elle was little, but in 1986, this battle was different. L didn't have powers thanks to Vecna, and Vecna was getting stronger fast. The Nina project and the emotional-driven memories helped regain her powers, and it looked good. I thought the battle was over, but then there was about 60 minutes left, and Vecna was fighting back. He destroyed L and Max. It wasn't until Elle started really trying to be the superhero that Vecna uh, was defeated, although not destroyed, so get ready for more of him. Well, this was a long winded, but I know you guys can handle this, especially if you've watched a two and a half hour episode twice. <laughs> Final note after a lot of thinking, I found my Save Me from Vecna song, What Is It to Burn by Finch? It's
3: a good one. It was good. Choice. Looking
2: forward to season five. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Nice.
3: All right. This one comes from Elizabeth, says, Hello, Remanpake. You made it to the end. Congratulations! You both have the willpower of a god. <laughs> <laughs> it has been enormously enjoyable to listen to your podcast and relive the series. May I now recommend uh-huh. Jamie Bauer reads Vecna thirst tweets for its <clears throat> educational value. <laughs> I also s- love still watching Netflix. There's about 15 more hours of entertainment on the YouTubes. Totally tubular in California. Elizabeth.
2: Oh,
4: that's yeah, nice. Thanks, I did.
3: I actually did watch the that jamie bauer reacting to their tweets tweets. earlier today Mm -hmm. not even i didn't even know that she had posted that i just it happened to come across me today and i did watch it it's hilarious
2: (laughs) it really is i really like him Uh, a few interviews and little (laughs) video clips and things um he's he's great Mm -hmm. and yeah i don't think we've given him or me i'll say me personally haven't given him enough credit for his um fantastic acting in this season so I, I, and I still have a ton more content. I've obviously, I'm still trying to play catch up, Mm -hmm. you know, um, after finally watching. So, uh, yeah, I've been focusing on prep, uh, all of this, and I have the news. So, I have a lot more to go. Uh, Josh M writes in and says, This is much longer because of being the finale. Feel free to cut some numbers if they're covered by someone else. Please keep two and six. They're my favorites. How about we keep them all, Josh? (laughs) Um, Number one, how would they do the time jump the Duffers talked about when it looks like they're on the edge of the apocalypse? People can't just go about their lives with a dimensional rift torn through Hawkins. Number two, I haven't heard anyone else comment on this, but it really bugged me after going back and rewatching the series. In the second season, when we're introduced to Elle's sister, Eight, her powers are different in that she makes people see whatever she chooses. I swear it was mentioned somewhere that of all the kids had their own unique powers. But now, in Eleven's flashbacks this season, it looks like they pretty much all have the same powers, with the only difference really being the level of strength. I know most people hated the episode with Eight and her friends. I mostly enjoyed it. Eight has to come back to play a part, right? Otherwise, it will end up being a pointless waste of time everyone called it and make it look like the Duffers are allowing fans to influence them too much. Three, I hate that Eddie had to die. But as soon as he said the line about him not being a hero and always running away, looked at my friend and shook my head and said, My boy Eddie is definitely a goner now. Number four, I also hated seeing Max die, but I think they should have stuck with it for the impact it would have had and to prepare everyone for the clear stakes coming with the finality of the last season. Obviously, Max won't remain in a coma or die without any more involvement. I could see her returning toward the end of season five, right when it looks like Vecna is too strong. Here comes uh, badass Max to save the day with her new set of powers, courtesy of Eleven bringing her back to life. Number five, Mike's been my least favorite character since the end of season one. I predict that he sacrifices himself to help Eleven defeat Vecna and conclude the series. It's the only way I see to redeem the character of Mike. It'd also be a cool twist on the original plan to end the show after the first season and kill Eleven after she's after she sacrifices herself to save the boys. Number six, the Stephen King book that Lucas is reading to Max at the end is The Talisman. Yep, I saw that. Mm-hmm. King co-wrote the book with Peter Straub in 1984. It's about a boy who goes on a quest and travels between two dimensions to find a cure for his dying mother. It also has a sequel titled The Black House from 2001. It stands out for King because it's more of a fantasy story than his typical horror thriller books. The Thrice of the Talisman were purchased years ago by Steven Spielberg, but it was never able to get off the ground. Until now, the Duffer Brothers are going to be adapting it for Netflix. Hey, thanks oh, for including cool. that bit of news there. I, I read that. Yes, thank you. Um, number seven, ending with the hottest of takes. Season four is the best. For me, it beat the first by a hair. Would have been much more if it weren't for the meh Russia storyline that felt half a season too long. Denise. Thanks, Denise. Or wait, sorry. No, that was Josh. Mm-hmm. I ran into the next one. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And this one is from Denise. It says, hello, Rima and Paik. Wow, what a season. I've saved my comments for the final show because I have teenage boys who can't wait and we binged it together. Then I rewatched the episodes with each of your podcasts. Love the podcast. It has also introduced me to other shows I may not have considered. Thanks for your time and dedication to making it great. Is it a wonder we love this show? The actors are amazing. The writing and directing is fantastic. And it keeps us on the edge of our seat. Some thoughts maybe lengthy. Feel free to add it love the addition of eddie this season his death was heartbreaking are the parents finally getting involved can they just find out what's happening already love the answers to questions we have had since season one the lights and etc like Rima, i really feel for will this season my heart broke for him during the scene in the van with mike my boys are 14 and 17 they don't share a ton but this show gave us a few opportunities to discuss the difficulties teenagers face on so many levels I have to admit, the closer the van crew Aww. was getting to Hawkins, the more I worried about the hold the Upside Down would have on Will. I really hope Vecna doesn't get a hold of Will in Season 5. That boy has plenty of past trauma. Russia dragged a bit. I'm with you there. The reunion with Joyce and Hop was so well done. When they decided to return back to the prison after they escaped, I literally yelled at my screen. Why in the hell would they go back? Ah! <laughs> the scene with Hopper and the sword made it pretty worth it, though. Side note, I read that the sword used was the same prop that Schwarzenegger used in Conan the Barbarian pretty cool
1: oh shut up that's great
3: (laughs) the bingham family its own drama i grew up in a suburb of salt lake city so it was fun to see the trek to susie yes there is a predominant christian religion with some larger families none that i knew that were quite like that though i think i would have wanted the binghams to be my neighbor sadie sink so good in fact all those kids are amazing the scene with max and lucas's arms crying like a baby losing eddie didn't help robin is one of my favorites i have a feeling. Patty, I think it's Vicky that she's talking about, maybe a bit into her. Nancy, way to handle a shotgun, girl. I'm torn with the love triangle and who wants Nancy, and who Nancy wants to be with. But after the motorhome dr- dream of Steve's, how could Nancy walk away from that? Man, the last episode was packed of so many emotions. The editing is very well done. We finally got the Russian crew back to Hawkins. I hope they all stick together to take on the Upside Down in season five. Duffer Brothers, please do not make us wait another three years. Thanks again, Denise.
2: Fantastic. Okay, so that's it for emails. We have um, many voice messages. So many, voice- so <laughs> many voicemails. So many I'm excited, though. I, I said, send in a voicemail, y'all. And everyone certainly did. And this is fun because our friend Ben sent us a voice message. He said he was going to wait until the finale to put in his feedback. So let's see what Ben says.
5: Greetings, strange indeed, Rima Pake. This has Ben, leaving you feedback for Stranger Things, Chapter Nine, The Piggyback, AKA the season finale. Uh, I want to preface this by saying that I did not watch the first seven episodes as they uh, when they released. I instead waited and avoided all spoilers. Don't know how, but I avoided all spoilers. And then watched the this past week, watched episodes one through seven leading up to eight and nine, which just released. So I have a lot of things fresh in my head, a lot of notes, but I'm not going to spend too much time. I just want to bring up two things in particular about chapter nine. Um, first things first. Good God, please. In addition to Sadie Sink, give Gaten Matarazzo uh, just give them both all the awards because, I mean, Sadie Sink in Dear Billy was just phenomenal, but G- Gain, it blew me away um, in this one, in, uh, you know, facing Eddie's death. I mean, I, I'm sure everybody's going to be talking about Eddie, so I'm I'm going to refrain from my notes on Eddie and how awesome that he is but gaten you know dealing with eddie's death but not only that but in the scene when he's talking to eddie's uncle and he's telling eddie's uncle about he how he was a hero good lord just give that kid awards man that he deserves them all um lastly uh the the other note i want to leave you with is this episode of television did something that no episode of television has ever done to me personally before and that was it gave me it sent me from calm and collected to a blubbering idiot in a matter of a two seconds and all it took was two words and those two words hey kid when Hopper walked through that door, and L and Hopper were reunited, I, I knew it was Hopper coming to the door. But just seeing him walk in, seeing the look on his face, and saying "Hey, kid," sent me into uncontrollable blubbering, happy, crying, like heavy breathing heavy, sobbing tears. I can't even explain it. It's the quickest any show has ever got me emotional in in a matter of two words. So that scene has stuck with me all week and it, I, I just kind of want to watch it again. Anyway, great job on the coverage. Um, who knows how long it's going to be until season five, but if it's as awesome as season four was, we're in for a treat. Uh, that's it. Bye.
2: So good. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. So glad that you, um, wrote in, chimed in, voiced in, <laughs> how are we calling it? Uh, we have, uh, two voicemails from our good friend, Jeff. He left us feedback for Papa episode eight Papa. and uh, Papa. Uh, and it went to my junk filter. Now, Jeff thinks I did it on purpose. Um, <laughs> I did not. Somehow it got to my junk mail, and I didn't see it. My apologies. I promised I'd play it uh, during this, along with his feedback for piggyback. So this is our good friend Jeff and his feedback on um, episode
6: eight. Hey, Reema and Pig. This is Jeff, and this is for episode eight, Papa. And right off the bat, we get a gate writhing wetly, followed by some discomforting slithering. Can slithering ever really be comforting? <laughs> now this is what Eddie calls music. Peace of Mind's a great album. It's uh, Power Slave's better though, Eddie. For legal reasons, I do need to state that this is not alive, Steve. I am neither Steve nor live. <laughs> okay, we've had ominous music, menacing, threatening music, now unsettling and distressing music. How does one tell these micro-genres apart, anyway? Ah, <laughs> uh, L lifted Nina right out of the swamps of Dagobah. That's great. Mike's the heart. He's the most important of the planeteers. Okay, uh, snark aside... Will taking on this Cyrano role is uh, pretty heartbreaking. It's uh, beautiful. Wouldn't the first place they look for Hopper and Joyce be Yuri's storage area? Oh no, Brenner's down. Anyway. <laughs> Mike, is that really you? Yes. Did you get a haircut out? All right, stage is all set for the season finale. Oh, and by the way, I realized um, the episode is pronounced Papa, which is, of course, Spanish for potato. Um, I'm not sure what significance that has. I'm hoping that maybe your podcast can clear that up for me. Thanks, guys.
3: Bye. Uh, That is great.
2: That was great. I knew it would be. That's great. Well, let's let's see if he if he also uh, did the same thing for piggyback. Um, it sounds like he has given a warning that there is some foul mouthedness <laughs> along with this one. That's okay. You're in good company, Jeff. Welcome to see the what, club. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the club. To the Hellfire Club. Um, see what he says about episode nine.
6: Hey, Raymond Pig. This is Jeff, and uh, this is for chapter nine, the piggyback. This fucking episode is fucking two hours, fucking 20, fucking two minutes. What is this fucking Lord of the fucking Stranger Rings?
1: <clears throat>
6: Excuse me. I uh, I had a Greg in my throat. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, holy shit, Hopper. Have they been reenacting the Passion of the Christ at the Gulag? These guys are either the world's best LARPers or the world's worst LARPers. I have not decided yet. Silly L, that's not Max. That's a stick figure that you drew on the side of a window. Life goals. Find someone who looks at you the way that pizza dude looks at a purple palm tree delight. Steve really needs to stop talking about his past and his future. Um, I am more and more worried each word that comes out of his mouth. Uh, you guys can't see this, but I've written down my thoughts on the scene between Max and Lucas on a notepad, and I'm holding it up to my phone right now. Remind me again why Sadie Sink isn't up for a primetime Emmy. Master Puppets is such an amazing song, although I, I prefer the Jim Henson version, Pasta of Muppets. Oh, look at that. The Rose Window got fixed. I'm sure Rima's very happy about that. <laughs> Okay, that caption just said, Tentacles undulating moistly. <laughs> that may be the worst sentence I've ever read in my life. Okay, I've had nothing to say for like 45 minutes now. I'm just staring at the screen. Uh, you guys can cover all of this stuff. I'm just the fucking peanut gallery. This is intense. <laughs> Murray needed to let loose with a good Schwarzenegger pun here. Something... Uh, now you are demo hot dogs. Yeah. Okay, what the fuck? What the fuck is... What the fuck? <laughs> That's a great Tarantino shot there from the trunk. That is not a monstrosity, Jackie. That is a delicious double peanut butter sandwich. Uh, You can just assume that the rest of my message is me saying, what the fuck, over and over and over again. All right. That's uh that's season 4. Can't wait to hear your guys coverage of it. Thanks so much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was a great way to start out. Why do I feel like our friends are using um the our podcast to um have a feedback war or something? Right. Hey, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh bring it on. All right. Thank you, Jeff, so much. We have a voice message from our good friend, Mark. Let's see what he has to say.
7: Bro, dudes, whoa! That was an awesome episode. The last episode of season four, Stranger Things. It got the hair in the back of my neck, just like Will Bowers at the end. Yeah, it's me. It's Mark. Hi. just want to say, yeah, it was an awesome episode. So much to deal with within this. Uh, Nancy being a kick-ass person in the, in the very beginning, as well as Ed Munson. Dustin, oh my god, that kid uh, get mad was amazing within the episode. All the emotions, everything. Love the fact that we got Hopper and Joyce back together. But where did that Conan sword come from in Russia, in that prison? Can you explain that? Because I'm curious about that. All right, well, all in all, love the episode. On to the metal. All right, now Vecna looks a lot like... What Eddie had already said in the previous episode. He brought up saying, you know, when Robin and him were debating about music, oh, Madonna, this, 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 Prince, blah, blah, blah. And he brings up and he hands a cassette and says, this is music and it is peace of mind. Yes, you called it out. Yes, it is music and it is my music too, just like Eddie's. But the fact that we got him playing Master of Puppets. Now, mind you, when the Master of Puppets came, uh, album came out, this was around that time. So, it had to been around March of that year, 1986, and within a couple of months, he had to learn it, but people sometimes have a hard time. You know, he had a lot going on, D&D, he was dealing drugs, he was flunking out of school, he was dealing with all this other stuff. But, you know, even the most precise musician being in a band, has a hard time dealing with like learning song by ear back then. There was no tablature. But granted, it did give way to great presence. Unfortunately, we did lose Eddie. I'm heartbroken. I missed that character. That was my dude, my bro. And uh, we did lose Max at one point, but we get Eleven bringing her back, and I'm so grateful for that. So, uh, you guys have been killing it with all your coverage on Stranger Things for this particular season. I loved it. I know you're going ha- to be inundated with a lot of uh, feedback. I hope this is not too long, and I look forward to what you guys have to say within this particular episode. Much love. Can't wait to listen to what you have to say. Later. Thanks, Mark.
2: Thanks, Mark. He's fellow metalhead as well. it's was yeah. great. Okay, another voice message here from our good friend, Anwen.
8: Hi, Rima and Paik. Wow, that was absolutely incredible. It was so huge and epic and actually so overwhelming the first time. Even though I knew that there would be a fifth season, I kind of expected Vecna to be destroyed. So when he wasn't, and there was a whole... 30 minutes of endings just like Lord of the Rings it kind of threw me a bit and I had questions like why didn't they evacuate the whole town and why couldn't they bring Eddie's body back home but on the second watch i just let all of that go and i loved it so much it was beautifully edited all the montages even though the characters didn't all come together in one place like we wanted it was so well done that you could feel them fighting the same fight they interspersed going through the camper gate into upside down that was cut with the weaponing up in russia and then the pizza and sensory deprivation tank building montage was interspersed with dusty and eddie fortifying the trailer The music and the pacing was so amazing. Max's speech to Vecna about wanting to die, I wondered, especially on the second watch, was that her real feelings or was that just bait um, to hook him in? Love to hear what you guys think of that. I love the use again of running up the hill for the final epic throwdown. Murray with the flamethrower and Hopper with the sword and Nancy with the shotgun. And then Eddie, poor, poor Eddie, it just broke my heart. I have so thoroughly enjoyed being on this journey with you guys thank you so much for your awesomeness and can't wait for season five whenever that is bye thank you and thank you for your awesomeness
2: thank you for being on the journey with us gosh we have great friends you know that you, definitely <laughs> speaking of great friends we also have a voice message from greg Let's see what oh, he man. has to say <laughs>
4: Hello, strange indeed. How can I even talk about how awesome this episode was? Uh, From Eddie's Master of Puppets to Max's Running Up that Hill or whatever it's called. Like, I'm just... It was everything that it was promised it was going to be and I am here for it. Uh, A couple of notes. Um, I... I know that people have talked about like bringing Eddie back. Um, and I think it would just cheapen, um, like, I think it would just cheapen his, his death, uh, that, that moment with Dustin and, uh, Eddie's uncle at the end was just absolutely perfect. I, I don't think that you want to take that away. And then we already, you know, magically brought back Max, even if she's caught in a coma. Um, I, I, I was really glad that Max didn't come back back all the way to prove that there are actually consequences to things that are going on. I can't imagine that the, the recovery from two broken legs and two broken arms, uh, is going to be easy even for someone who's not uh, awake. Uh, it's like all the time it would take to knit those bones back together is pretty brutal and not something I really want to consider, but, all right, I'm look, really looking forward to the seven-hour episode you guys are going to put together for this. Uh, and uh, look for, looking forward to next season already. Bye. Oh, this is Greg.
2: <laughs> we would know your voice anywhere, Greg. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah, we might be getting about half of that anyway. Um, oh, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> All right, our final voice message of the night is, of course... From our good friend Steve. So let's see what he has to say to close out the feedback for the season four finale.
9: strange indeed this is steve and normally i wait until the podcast comes out for the previous episode before i watch the next episode but i realize how busy i'm gonna be i need to go ahead and live steve uh episode nine of stranger things oh over two hours this is gonna be a long one dang hopper's back i mean like the wounds on his back not that he's back these two are so cute together i'm so glad they're finally getting together Dang, General Nancy leading your troops. Of course, because they've now told us the whole plan, something's going to go wrong, right? And that's just the cold open, this is going to go long. A piggyback, she said the name of the episode, might Drop. Yay! I can't wait to see Hopper with the flamethrower. The most epic metal concert in the world. Aw, Steve still has feelings for Nancy. Of course, we've known that the whole season. Oh, the old Star Wars line. I got a bad feeling about this. Hey, I can't see what Max and Lucas are writing to each other in this scene, and I don't feel like pausing it. Oh, okay, they're being sweet toward each other. Great moment between Jonathan and Will. Oh, the Byers brothers. Oh, I don't think that's Lucas you're talking to, Max. Not anymore. I was I was never a skater, but I do remember guys skating, no helmets, no knee pads, just skating in the dry, uh, whatever this is. This is all those memes we've been seeing on the on Facebook and all over the the internet about Metallica and this Master of Puppets song. Okay, I was never a Metallica fan, so. Oh, this is great. I guess uh, Dustin and Eddie are going to be big heroes, but these guys have showed at the house now. Who? <laughs> Most metal ever. Oh, what is this new horror now? We got the Demogorgon and the Shadow. Oh, well, I guess some of them are wearing knee pads. Isn't this like your favorite police song, Rima. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, L, you need to find the right memory. Oh, this is Hopper. I don't know if this plan is good. Oh, no. Is Eddie going to sacrifice himself? Oh, no. Well, at least he's got a chance. He's riding the bike trying to get away. Oh, good kick, Erica! L to save the day. It was an epic fight that now, man, everybody's strung up. And there's a lot of time left, though. Have they lost? We haven't seen um, Nancy, Steve, and Robin yet. Okay, who's going to turn this around? Who's gonna try? Because everybody's, it's always darkest before the dawn. Oh, those bones cracking. Oh, (laughs) and Murray with the flamethrower. And we got Steve with the Molotov and Hopper with the two-handed sword. Nancy finishing it up with a shotgun. Ooh, and Hopper just cut the head off the Demogorgon. Well, so much for Jason, but what's gonna happen here? I don't know if Max is alive or dead. now I know why there's about a half hour left because they're gonna have a lot to resolve. Two days later, and a lot of people getting out of Hawkins. Oh, now we have our whole group back together. She got spoiled of this scene with Max and Lucas in the hospital from Millie Bobby Brown's Instagram, I think. I mean, it's my own fault. I'm not blaming anybody. I love the now it's become iconic from um, uh, from Reservoir Dogs to Supernatural, the opening up of the trunk uh scene camera angle scene oh vicky oh the girl from last season when she was talking to steve i got it like peanut butter on peanut butter oh the waterworks in the scene between dustin and eddie's uncle oh oh i have no words well we're set up for next season all right talk to you later
2: oh got to everyone yeah got to everyone wow i'm completely overwhelmed from everyone uh, providing all of that feedback for us. And I can't thank you guys enough. You guys have um, been with us this whole time. And I just want to say, I appreciate everyone's support uh, for the podcast and for being with us. Um, We're here because of you guys, you know, I mean, we enjoy doing this, but we, we sure love hearing from you guys. So thank you so much for, all of that feedback from everyone for this entire season, for all of our other podcasts as well. Um, thank you. It, it means a lot. And um, we'll be here for season five. Yeah. When, whenever, whenever the hell we get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys so much. It means a lot. Well, we are excited for you to follow us to Hawkins, Indiana. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast.
3: You can like us on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash StrangerTCast.
2: And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app.
3: You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple
2: Podcasts. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to uh, Better Call Saul Cast... Uh, Better Call Saul just returned this week. Uh, they took a little bit of a break, similar to uh, Stranger Things, um, but we are in the final six oh, episodes of the series. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm having all kinds of emotions. So, uh, yeah. we would love to have you join us if you're if you're a fan of Better Call Saul. Uh, we have an amazing time covering that show. Um, it's it's myself and Jason and David. Uh, if you've listened to some other podcasts, Podcastica shows, you've probably heard David come, uh, you know, chime in on other podcasts. He and Jason covered Westworld together, um, and he is fantastic. Those two guys are just a blast, and I learned so much uh, from them watching that show. So check that out. Um, and of course, all of our great shows at Podcastica.com. And speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Paik and Daphne. And they a podcast called Run For Your Lives. Got a sneak peek for us this week? Yeah,
3: this week. <laughs> Keep it quick. We've got so much we've done. Um, Don't have to build it up <laughs> too much. We are covering the 1997 film Anaconda. We're going back to a classic creature feature. Ah. Yeah. So, yeah, that one would be fun. It's on Netflix available right now, so you can watch it there. And maybe give us some feedback and hit us up over on Run For Your Lives with that one. That's going to be a fun episode for sure. And we've got something fun going planned for our 100th episode. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> it's Ooh. coming up soon-ish. So
2: that's we're, awesome. we're doing something
3: very special for that. So
2: How exciting. You guys are at a, almost to 100 already. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. What a milestone for you guys. That's great. I love Anaconda. I know it's full of cheese, but I love it. Oh, yeah. It's right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here at Strange Indeed... Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a break, uh, because next up for us is going to be Lock and Key Season 3.
3: That's insane that it's already mm-hmm. here. I feel, I like, feel like we, we were just, covered. just covering Season 2. Like, Didn't
2: we just talk about it? Like, like Season 2? Like it
3: feels like it was like right before this. Like I know it wasn't, but we've done a couple shows between, but... It does feel like, weren't we just covering season two like a couple weeks ago?
2: I know. I uh. need to go back and, and look exactly when we were covering that and when because I, I feel like a lot has happened. But at the same time, it feels like we just talked about it. I was like, yeah. we can already cover it again. So that's exciting. That comes out um, August, is it 10th? That's,
3: I don't know for sure. That's what is in my brain. The 10th is what my brain goes to. I'm not 100% on that, but I think so. Because if we both guessed the same number, at the same, I mean, there's a good chance maybe we I we're would right. trust
2: you uh, in your memory <laughs> over mine. So if you are in agreement, let's go with the 10th. But let's be looking forward around that date anyway, everyone. So mm-hmm. uh, we hope that you join us for that. Jason's going to be joining us as well uh, for, for Lock and Key uh, Season 3. Uh, it's also, I, I think I posted it, but in case anyone's forgotten, it is the final season. Mm-hmm of lock and key we're gonna have some thoughts about that i'm sure we'll talk about it when we podcast about it but yeah. just we'd love to have you uh join us for that as well so a couple weeks a uh, little bit of a break there and then we'll 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 jump in with lock and key so hope Thanks. you guys join us for that please
3: do but all right finally the end of the marathon <laughs> that is our show if you're still here <laughs> if you're still you. here yeah, <laughs> thank you for listening and making it this far
2: Until next time, I'm Rima. I'm Peg. And Ethan Bernard is strange indeed. At
0: Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership.